Blog Talk Radio. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? My name is Quincy. And this is my show, the Talk to Q Radio Show. It's almost like posting a blog, except I'm doing it live. I want to thank you for having cool. me on your show. It was so awesome to cool. be here with you and all your listeners. Cool. I think you screw it. Cool. Cool. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that came out. Oh, all kinds of freaky. That's not what cool. I meant. <laughs> cool. Cool. You know, we need more shows like this because people need as much relationship help out here as they can get. to the Talk to Q Radio show tonight. My name is Quincy, and this is my show. And yes, if you don't vote, then you don't count. But before I get started, let me do a little show maintenance and explain how this show works. This show is a platform for you, the callers, the chat room participants, the social networkers. All of you have the opportunity to voice chat or tweet your opinions to me and be heard worldwide and completely uncensored. Because here on T2Q, there are no experts, just opinions. Now, unlike most shows where you simply just listen to the host talk on and on, I allow you the opportunity to speak your mind. You can join my show legends each episode and discuss a wide range of things like current events, celebrities, relationships, sports, and more. This show is very informal by design because my style is very unorthodox in nature. The topics are random, but they're relevant with what's going on in the world today. Tonight, we are discussing if if voting should be mandatory, second chances, and afterwards we'll get into some zone coverage and talk a little sports. The call-in number to step on your soapbox tonight is 347-202-0215. If you decide to call in and you get the urge to voice your opinion, then after you connect, hit one on your dial pad. That lets me know that you're ready to speak. And please mute your phone if you're not speaking because background noise picks up easily over cell phones and headsets. Now, another way you can contribute to the show is to follow me on Twitter at TalkToQ. There is a live tweet chat that will occur during tonight's show, and you can respond to some of the same questions that I'm asking over the air in most cases. Please search and use hashtag T2Q to read and respond to all show tweets tonight. If you want to learn more about me, the show, or my show legends, then journey on over to TalkToQ.com. And if you can't listen to the entire show live, then you can find T2Q on iTunes and just pick up where you left off. 
Maintenance complete. T2Q radio show number 456 starts right now. All right. Um, Recently, President Obama discussed the idea of mandatory voting. I mean, you know, do you think that people should be forced to get out and exercise their right to do something people died for 50-plus years ago? If so, how do you go about enforcing it? How do you convince a country filled with people who would rather vote for American Idol than they would someone in Congress? Do you throw them in jail? Do you find them? Do you give them more than just, you know, maybe Tuesday to vote? That's what we'll discuss tonight. But first of all, let me go to the phone lines to welcome on a couple of show legends who have called in to the 850 area code, the Emerald Coastline of Pensacola, Florida. Let me welcome on my man, Buck. Buck, what's happening? What up, what up? How's everybody doing this evening? Doing well, man. Doing well. How you doing today? Great. Doing pretty good, man. Just enjoying a little bit of this warm weather and, you know, just enjoying it. All right. Cool. Cool. Let me go to an area that may not be as warm, but they might be doing all right right about now. And travel to the 248 area code, the Motor City of Detroit, Michigan, and welcome on Crystal Hickerson. That is author and show host, Crystal Hickerson. Crystal, how are you? Yeah, what up, Dre? What up, uh, Buck? How are you? What up, Dre? Where'd you hear Dre? Oh, (laughs) Did she just, okay, I'm sorry, am I on the wrong show? Is this the Crystal Show with co-host Dre? It's so hilarious. I have my headset on, so I think I'm doing my show. Hey, Q, how are you? Oh, there's the right one. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, wow. Maybe, maybe, maybe Q's the DJ. He's Dre tonight. Right. Yeah, okay. I know. Every time I'm on my show, I'm completely different than when, than when I'm on here. So i got to get into the Q show mode. Thank you. How are you? Okay. That's okay. my cute show mode. Oh, you got to get all low and stuff. You got to get yeah, low. Yeah, I have to, I have to tone it down for this. Exactly. For this right. All right. Well, I need to welcome on. I have a special guest for you all. Um, unfortunately, I do not have any music. But um, we can't discuss politics uh, without having someone who's an expert at politics. And who better than to go to the source of the person who decided that maybe voting should be mandatory. So let me see. I have to do my best uh, that I can to give some, some instrumentals here. I want to bring to you, to the Talk to Q radio show, President Barack Obama. And i got to give him an applause for that. Mr. President. Thank you, thank you. It's an honor thank to you, have you on this show. It's yes, Quincy. It is an honor, indeed, to come on the Tartuki Show. Uh, my fellow Americans, it has come to my attention that some individuals are worried that I want to force Americans to vote. Uh, that is not what I'm proposing. What I believe is that it is the great duty of every citizen of this great nation to vote, to make their voices heard. I would propose that if we were to make it uh, necessary for all Americans to vote, 
that voting day should be a holiday where all American citizens are free to have the time to go vote, where they cannot be suppressed by their employers and told not to leave work at the threat of being fired. Uh, also, I believe that in order to make voting more relevant, that all ballots, whether at the municipal, state, or even federal level, should have the option of none of the above. Therefore, if none of the motherfuckers on the ballot or anyone that you want, you just vote none of the above. Uh, I believe that would send a message to Congress to decide whether or not there should be, they should redo the elections or have a runoff. Because as we understand, the two-party system is not working. Uh, we need to have more choices. And uh, I also want to address one last rumor that I want to give some kind of amnesty to illegals. Now, all you motherfuckers who are complaining about this, I have not issued any such decrees. But yet when Ronald Reagan gave amnesty to all those illegal immigrants, none of you motherfuckers said anything. So uh, y'all need to get off my ass because this is stressing Michelle out and she's not giving me any booty. Uh, I'm Barack Obama, and I approve the message. Thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. President, for making that appearance. I truly appreciate that. Truly appreciate that, sir. You're welcome, and I'm sorry Ms. Hickerson does not approve. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am the President of the United States. I cannot fix Detroit. Uh, you got to deal with your uh, Michigan representative for that. Thank you. <laughs> oh, and I'm going to speak to you, Mr. President. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. I want to thank my man Alex for that for that awesome impersonation of President Barack Obama. Uh, oh man, that was that was good. That was good. That cracked me up right there. All right, let's kick this show off. Let me bring home in the seven three two area code, the Garden State of New Jersey. My man Ray. Ray, what's happening? Hey, what's going on, Q? How you doing tonight? Doing well, man. See, man, it's not it's show blowing up, man. Obama calling the show. That's what's up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So let's get started on this. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q Radio show talking uh, voting and if it should be mandatory or not. And so the first question is, um, Buck, I'll start with you. Is voting important, important to you? Why or why not? Yeah, it's, it's important. I mean, because really and truthfully, you know, you, I, I pay attention to, you know, what's going on, you know, in the, you know, state and local levels, because those really the, the, you know, the rules that we normally, you know, we follow, you know, we live by on a day-to-day basis. So, I mean, it's very important to make sure you, you know, you vote. You know, you have, you have to look. I look in the paper, look on the computer. A week before, maybe even two weeks before, just to kind of get an idea of who's running, because then what they're standing for and what we're voting on. A lot of people just go to the polls and they just don't, they don't, they don't freaking know. They they may vote for somebody that they know because they went to school with them, or you know they you know they heard somebody else say, hey, they somebody that's somebody you need to vote for, and that's who you pick. You know, by not and you picking these guys and, and girls and really don't know who the hell you're voting for and what they stand for. So, you know, I think it's very important to vote. 
and I think it's very important you study the ballot and make you know make sure you vote for the right people because you know the president he makes general you know general laws and things of that nature, but really your state and local government is what we live by on a day to day basis, and I think it's important to make sure you know what's going on. Okay. Very well said, sir. And um, on Twitter, Sapphire Enterprises chimed in and said that um, it's part of my being a good citizen, and people all over the world have fought and died for the right to vote. And that's how a lot of people look at it. Crystal, is voting important to you? Why or why not? Yes, of course, uh, Q. Uh, It is very important to me. It should be important to every citizen of this country. Otherwise, we don't have a democracy, and uh, I don't think our citizens take advantage of what a democracy really is, uh, which is we choose our leaders and not the other way around. And right now, as it stands, they're really choosing to be uh, part of the government. They, it's, it's not really a democracy. It's more of a capitalist society, and it's you know a little bit of tyranny that's going on in America. So, you know, we need a revolution. And a revolution starts with voting. We vote out the people we don't want, and we keep in and put in the people that we do want. So, but Americans are lazy, so they don't do that, you know. And they're gullible, and they're easily manipulated. But voting is very important, and if you don't vote, then you don't have a right to complain about the government or the uh, what's going on or your potholes. You don't have a right to say anything. So shut up, eat your bun bun, and, you know, grow fat and die. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, uh, well, let me, let me ask you, Alex, do you think that um, – well, let me ask you this. There are some people who think that voting is pointless. Um, do you think that they have a case when they state that? It's only pointless if so many people don't vote that the very few who vote, they they get their choice, which may not represent the will of the population. Uh, You know, as a foreign observer coming from a country with a long history of dictatorship, I understand what the value of voting is. And I've only been able to vote once in my life, May 21st, 2000. It was for the general election all the way from uh, local all the way up to parliament and the elections got hijacked by Aristide's people they came at the polling places stole the ballots in view of all people and had the balls to claim that they won with 90% victory mm. so I've seen what can happen in other countries now here in the United States you don't risk having a whole group of armed people come in and you know mow down the voters with machine guns like it's happened before when we were having a constitutional referendum in Haiti. So I'm like, I don't understand why people feel that it's pointless. But on the same token, I realize that the powers that be are very devious. They schedule voting day in the middle of the week on a work day where you got to take time off from work. And if your employer has certain leanings and they know you might vote the other way, they might coerce you to not vote, because if you do go vote, you might lose your job. So, uh, yeah, it's a clusterfuck the way I see it. Excuse the language. I know somebody's gonna be offended, but what do I care? 
Yeah, I'm <laughs> totally this, offended. On this show? <laughs> oh, but, I'm uh, offended. Yeah, Crystal, I'm a, you I'm, are not I'm offended, totally, you honorless I'm totally Romulan. A, I'm totally offended. <laughs> oh, my God. You Romulan Patak, you are not offended. <laughs> All right. I ain't going to have this Star Trek talk on here. Y'all can cut that out. That's offensive. Nah. Um, anyway. See? All right. I'm going to look it up. Uh, Ray, let me ask you, man. Um, you know, there's some people that think that there's no point to voting, that, you know, it's whatever's going to happen is going to happen anyway. If they're going to fix it, they're going to fix it. There's nothing you can do about it, so why even waste the time? Uh, do some people have a point with that? Um, No, I, but I think it's their right to believe that, if that's what they want to believe. Uh-huh. It's your right to vote, and it's your right not to vote. And, you know, I think voting is uh, important if you have a candidate who believes in what you believe in. So if you got two assholes, you don't pick the lesser of the two evils. I don't believe in that. But, you know, obviously there are people out there who do say, well, okay, well, I don't believe in nothing either one of them talking about, but I'm going to pick this guy because he's a Democrat and this guy because they're a Republican. I think that, you know, you shouldn't do that. To me, do you think it should take a third option? No. If there is no yeah, third option, it's not voting at all. Okay, and, okay. To see, and to say if you don't vote, you can't complain. That's bullshit. Anytime you pay taxes, you can complain. Or you say, well, all right, if you had a voted for this guy, he don't represent nothing that would have changed what you complained about in the first place. Or if you voted for the other person, they don't represent nothing that would have changed anyway. It's like property taxes and things like that. You can't get around some of these things. So no matter who you vote for, the situation is going to be somewhat the same and not the same altogether. Not to kick down on voting, but if a person does not want to vote, it's up to them. Just like if you get up and you go down to the polls, that's up to you. But at the same time, you can't force somebody to vote for something that they do not believe in. Uh, Your Honor, I have a slight objection to the enforcer's statement. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, the problem is a lot of times people, well, from what I've observed in the last 15 years, is that the American populace only seems to give a damn about election when it comes to presidential elections. Like even midterm congressional elections, you know, they seem to sit their asses down. The issue is most most of, most things that the average citizen seems to be concerned about is not going to be resolved by electing those 535 clowns on Capitol Hill. And, yes, I actually do know how many there are because I actually freaking paid attention in uh, American history and civics class because I didn't go to American high school. And uh, if they actually paid attention to their local election, especially city hall, if they knew who their representatives were in, in their uh, local district, then um, you could actually – scare the shit out of those people by a group of you guys rallying in their front lawn because usually whoever's representing your district at the local municipal level lives within walking distance from you. So, yeah, if you want to look to everything at the federal level, then, yeah, perhaps voting is not going to change much. But a lot can be done at the local level, but nobody pays attention. And that's where independents have a better chance 
of doing stuff instead of dealing with jackasses and elephants. But again, what do I know? I'm just a fucking foreign observer, right? Hey, I just pay my taxes. I can't vote, so I'm just observing. Now, I agree with you 100% that the local level, you can definitely make a difference. And we see it all the time um, when you have these elections, and then at the end of the night, you see that only 2,500 people voted. I mean, a lot could have been done when you're in a city of 200,000 or whatever. But let me go to the 910 area code. Uh, the Tar Heel State of North Carolina, but he's coming to us by way of Texas. He plays a doctor on the radio, Dr. Bobby Willis. What's happening? Hey, what's going on? What's going on, fam? Not too much, man. But Bobby, is 18 the correct age to allow voting, or or should it be older? I mean, you can go in the army at 18, but is that really mature enough to to vote when the average person probably stays with their mom and dad until their 20s? I don't. Um, my my opinion, I don't. I think it should be a little bit older, to be honest with you, because. Um, you know, kids around that age, they're, they're not caring about politics. They're not paying attention in the courses that, you know, are uh, vital to that. And, uh, you know, with the military argument, you know, hey, it's, it's there's nothing. They don't take a lot of education to go in and be told what to do. So, I mean, you know, I think it should be a little older. Uh, you know, if, now if these guys get out and start exercising their rights, then I'll be fine with that. But right now, you know what I'm saying, uh, the average 18-year-old is not thinking about a poll. Okay. All right. I, I I can understand that. Let me get another opinion. Go to the they seven. They're thinking about a poll, not the voting poll, but they're thinking about another kind of poll. Just so yeah, that's the stripper that poll. Perspective. Exactly. Yeah, right. Let me go. Let me go to the seven four seven area code, the um, southern part of California. What's your name, Carla? Hello. Hey, how's it going? What's your name? Uh, my name is Jim. Okay, Jim, what did you want to contribute to the conversation? Um, well, honestly, um, voting should not should be legal by all Americans. Uh, I don't care if they're white, black, Mexican, Asian. Um, but honestly, after 9-11, I think that only white people should vote. Okay, yeah, I can tell by your by your voice that you weren't very smart, Jim. But uh, anyway, uh, you, you can recognize the fake voices. So when it comes to the age, Buck, I mean, do you agree with Bobby that 18, um, you know, is a maybe not such a fair age? you think it should be older? And if so, what should it be? Well, you know, that's, you know, on on that particular deal, I mean, you know, if you can wait from high school and things of that nature, you know, I think 18 is all right. I mean, if, we old, if you're old enough to fight for the country, you're old enough to vote. And that's the way I kind of look at that. So um, I think 18 is a fair age. Um, you know, at that particular point, you should be, you know, mature enough if you're driving, doing those types of things. You know, if you want to put some stipulations on it, if that's something that, you know, you may want to do. If you're not, you know, if you're not driving, you're not working or something like that at 18, then maybe you shouldn't. But to me, you know, if you own a fight for the country, you're fine. Go ahead and vote. You know, you should. You know, at that point, you should be sharp enough to, you know, vote at that particular age. Do you think they know what they're voting for, though? I mean, what they're fighting for, rather. I mean, that's the issue, though. That's the issue. I, it's not so much, you know, you old enough to fight, because, like I said, I mean, fighting don't take any, you know, any type of education or any type of, you know, ingenuity. It don't take any kind of, uh, you know, 
you know, take any kind of thought process. You, I give you a gun, you go out there, you start shooting at the enemy. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, actually, there's a little bit more to it than just that. But, you know, the argument about, you know, if you're old enough to fight, I don't I don't know about all that because the thing is, well, is that what are you thinking about? You know, I mean, when you're, when you're voting, I mean, do you care to vote, first of all? You know, that's the issue. You know what I'm saying? It don't have nothing to do with driving. It don't have nothing to do with any of that. You know, do you know what these candidates stand for? Do you know what they represent? You know, are you just going to go and, and just put a check in the box for somebody and say you did it, you know? That's what it all boils down to. Well, I, mean, I you know, I, I hear your argument. But the thing, you know, the thing is, is that, you know, it's up to us, you know, it's up to us as parents to make sure that, you know, as your, you know, your child grows. Now, this is something that my mom and dad actually went over with, you know, when I was coming up. You know, they, you know, they instilled, you know, the values of, you know, how important it was to vote simply because, you know, it was something that was fought for. So, you know, she always went over, she went, she always went over, you know, how, you know, who to vote for, how to vote for, you know, and so forth. So when, you know, when it was time to, you know, be registered, you know, you knew what, you know, we knew what we were doing. So right. I don't know if today's, I don't know if today's kids are as, Smart, you know, as far as when it comes to voting goes, but really that's mm-hmm. enough to up to us as parents now. Sean's fourteen, Sean Junior's fourteen, and I'm already going over things with him when it comes to voting and things of that nature because that's what I was taught. So, right, you know, I don't disagree with that, but uh, I don't disagree with that. I just say, I, but I just don't think they take it serious. That's all I'm saying. If if, if they took it seriously and they, and they, you know, and, and that's they want to exercise that right, I say, let's, yeah, I'm all for it. But how many really yeah, take it have, seriously? Yeah, I mean, yeah, and that's the question. You know, that's needs to be done, you know. That's the question. How many really take it seriously? Um, and it makes you it makes you wonder. But I don't know what exactly the appropriate age is. Um, I think Crystal said on Twitter that if you're able to go on into the military, then you have the right to vote. And if you're getting shot at, it's hard to argue that, you know. Should they probably do more to educate them? About politics, I don't know. That might take away from them wanting to fight. So um, the less you know, the better better soldier you are. I'm guessing, Bobby, you probably agree with that, right? Uh, so yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> it's it's hard to say. But let's let's go with the main question. Um, and Crystal, I'll ask you: Should voting be mandatory? And if 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 so, or if not, why? Yeah. Um... I think it should be mandatory, and I think that just like, you know, if you have to pay your taxes, okay, um, which we're all dealing with that now, it's April, uh, then we have to, um, we should have to vote. And, you know, it's to me, I look at this um, law that he's trying to, to bring about as just the same, at the same time that they brought about the mandatory child support. You know, I mean, back in the 80s when they said, okay, we are going to fucking throw you in jail if you don't pay your damn child support. I think it's the same kind of concept. We are going to give you some penalties if you don't vote or exercise your right to vote without a good reason of not being able to vote, to get there or whatever. But, you know, with a law of mandatory voting, then there must also be, which I'm sure there would be, uh, mandatory transportation, a day off work, things like that, which will make it as easy as possible um, to vote. 
So, or maybe even door to door, something that says, we'll get to you, don't worry about it, but you must do this. So, yes, I think it, I think it is a good idea. Crystal, mm-hmm. in every other major de- democratic system, voting day is a holiday. This country is probably which has a history of imposing democracy on others, it's probably the only one where voting day is not a day off, where it's only, it's only dedicated for that, which I find kind of ironic, don't you guys think? I really don't, because this is a capitalist society. Well, actually no. it does, because we are focused on people working. We are not focused on voting. The voting means that if everybody voted, then that would include all the black people, all the Mexicans who are legal, all the, you know, it includes everybody, all the poor people who can't get there. They're counting on these people not getting to vote, and they're counting on these people being lazy or saying, well, it's not going to matter anyway, and I don't care, I don't like any of the uh, politicians, so I'm not going to vote. Um, they're counting on these people because that's how these motherfuckers stay in power. They know this. They know it's, you're not going to come out. It's worked for years. It's worked right. since the beginning of um, the country. You're perpetrating this bullshit. And then you want to complain about the 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 America that you live in. It's like, well, you created this shit. You're, you're, you know, you're keeping this shit going. You need to go to France and learn how to run the fucking government. You know, the people say, if you don't fucking do what we say do, we're going to fucking kill you. That's how that shit is run. Let me I, knew go to the, I knew there was a reason I like you, Crystal. Now I remember. <laughs> <laughs> Let me go to the 601 area code, the uh, Magnolia State of Mississippi, and bring on my man Eminem. Eminem, what's happening? Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World? And Eminem, uh, do you think voting should be mandatory? Um, no, I, I, I don't think it should be mandatory, even though. I'm definitely a proponent of it. Uh, what I what I think uh, it should be is more accessible based on today's technology. I mean, you know, you can do everything from apps. You can do everything online, but voting is still like a third world ass process, you know, uh, which is totally, totally unacceptable. And I think it goes right on the lines of, of some of the comments Crystal was saying about, you know, basically. Just paraphrasing how this bullshit is by design. They don't want you to do this shit because if they did, you know, um, the technology is far, far, far advanced to where no one should have to go to a damn voting poll or anything. You know, uh, all these complications are not necessary. You know, um, you, your your voter registration number doesn't have to be anything different than your damn. Um, Social Security number, and if 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 the government wanted to um, develop a way to basically make sure one person get one vote, I mean, you you can sign on with your damn uh, kind of like a vending machine now, man, with your thumbprint and shit, your thumbprint and your Social Security number. It might be a few flaws at first, but it'll get straight. You you see you see the selective service process ain't fucked up. You know, <laughs> they make sure you you know. Uh, they don't talk about it that much because, you know, it's been 40-plus years since the draft has been done, but they, they make sure certain processes are in place. So, But voting is so simple. I mean, damn, you know, 
you can vote for American Idol and shit. I mean, I'm just saying it's it's not complicated, you know, for them to uh, not make the process more, um, you know, accessible, especially with today's technology. I mean, it's 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 incredible. I mean, you shouldn't have to take no one to no damn poll. You should be able to vote from home. You should be able to vote from your phone. You should. I agree, to, but I disagree. Uh, I'm sorry, Q. I, 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 I didn't mean to cut you. I, and uh yeah, I'll get to you in a second. But I mean, um I mean you do have you run the risk of hackers. I mean now people can hijack elections now, but um, you know, hackers, you know, could definitely make a mockery out of an election and um, you know, you end up having uh doggone Tiger Woods winning a public office or something just from a writing. in. I mean, there are a lot of crazy things that can happen, but I do agree that it can be easier. I just think, personally, the easiest way is to just let people vote on Saturdays and be done with it. I mean, does that mean that everyone would get a chance to vote? No, because there are some people who work on Saturdays. But I think more people would be able to get out to the polls, and you would have a majority of people um, with an opportunity to vote. And also, I don't think the polls should necessarily be just 7 to 7. I mean... Why not let people just vote all day? I mean, you know, six in the morning to ten at night or something like that, and really give people an opportunity to to get something done. But uh, go ahead with your point, Alex. Yeah, uh, you you touched my point as far as uh, doing it electronically. Unfortunately, would be a lot easier to hack. Um, well, I've never voted in the United States, but I understand a lot of places you have those electronic touchscreen voting machines. Those yeah. can easily be reprogrammed to cheat. It, it, it's been done already. There is evidence that it's been done. Paper ballots is the third world way of doing it, you know, as it's been put. But as long as it is a transparent process where there are third-party observers, um, it would be the it would be the the least uh, the least easy way to for the for the elections to get stolen. Unless, of course, you get armed people who just come in and steal the ballots in plain sight, which would not happen here in the United States. And I really do think you should have foreign observers to come observe every election in this country, especially since the U.S. loves to observe other people's elections. But, you know, that's for another show. But the point is, uh, and also as far as uh, making it mandatory, in, in many other countries it is mandatory. It is part of your civic duty. And the option has to be given for none of the above. I know people think it's a joke from that one Richard Pryor movie, but if that option mm-hmm. was given, then instead of people not voting, because people say, oh, when you don't vote, that's, that shows that you're not satisfied. No. If you went, you took your ass, you voted, but you chose none of the above, that would send a clear message, especially if none of the actual candidates even has a 50% majority. Because you couldn't even do – I mean, if, if none of the above wins by a landslide – then uh, it means all those candidates need to sit their asses down and some new candidates need to be put forward. It would be that nice. That would a clear message. Oh, yeah. That would, and speaking of sending a message, let me let me send a message to, quote, unquote, Jim in the 747 area code. Dude, why do you keep calling back in? All right. You must really be stuck on stupid. Uh, if, if, your mama, if your mama knew you were going to be this stupid when you grew up, when she was eight months pregnant, she would have swallowed a brick and bust you in the top of your damn head. Stop calling my phone, man. Uh, All right, then. 347-202-0215 is the number on the Talk to Q radio show. No experts. You, you do, just opinions. Just opinions. Q, 
you you realize that no, this not this not an opinion. This is an expert opinion. Uh, this young this this guy that called is a perfect example as to why Bill thirteen thirteen should have been passed a long time ago. Because if Bill thirteen thirteen had been passed, then uh, whoever his daddy is would have not ended up skeeting his mom because he could have gone to a prostitute. Worn a condom, had a good time without this kind of right. backwash. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Coming to you know what I'm saying? So, right. It's been, yeah. so, been a great service to the to the country. A less idiot. Exactly. Idiot. <laughs> I support it. I'm not a citizen, but I support it. Finally, I, mean, I mean, let me show you how stupid he is. 13, 13 coming he, up in the poly. This is why we have to go in. Right. He finally hung up, but this dude, I hung up on him like six times, and Eminem, you missed it, it was a prank caller. I hung up on him like six times, and he kept calling back as if he was getting disconnected or something. I'm like, like really, do you really think that I'm going to let you back on again, you know, after you sat up and said that only white people should be allowed to vote? <laughs> Come on, man. Well, damn. You know, that might have been him. That might have been his opinion, but when you come in with the fake voice and everything, with this is Jim, come on now. He was being a prank caller, but the sad thing is there are people who share his view. I happen to have gone to school out in in West Pennsylvania, and you had a lot of people with this kind of opinion where really, yeah. No, no, you had a lot of people who with this kind of opinion who really thought that, you know, you know, blacks shouldn't have access to education, shouldn't vote. You, you know, you have those people who are convinced that Timothy McVeigh had helped some Arabs that they can't believe that there's such thing as homegrown domestic terrorists who look like them. Uh, it's, you know. Hey, and you know what you call some of those people? Congressmen. Let me go to you, Ray. Yeah. Ray, uh, you're the show enforcer, Ray. If, if a law was made, to make voting mandatory, then could it actually be enforced? I, I mean, how would you enforce something like that? Hello, Ray? I think yeah, Ray pulled a button. Uh, yeah, could you repeat the questions? I said if voting was actually made, if they actually made voting mandatory in the United States, then how could you enforce that? I mean, could you even really enforce that, that law? Yeah, um, I'm quite sure they could find a way to enforce it. But the thing is, the reason why you don't want everybody voting in the first place is because there's too many fools out here that's going to mess up what really needs to be covered in the first place. It's just like uh, if you open it up to all the women in the country to say who the best quarterback is or something, that shit gonna be all messed up because they don't know what they're talking about. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow! Yeah, I got the floor. It Shut will up. be the finest motherfucker out there, of course. Yeah. <laughs> now, this, 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 this is this is the problem. Thank you. Now, now, now you say, well, okay, well, I'm gonna make this person vote. I'm gonna make that person vote. Okay, well, you're gonna get people going in just like this asshole keep calling in tonight. Because he wants to be funny, he wants some attention, he wants to be seen. They're going to uh-huh. go in and say anything that they want to just to see if they can get somebody elected that might be uh, independent and might be an asshole or something like that. And you may have <laughs> 20 million people that may do that. Then everybody's saying, uh, uh, I don't know who it was, Alex may have said that uh, you check uh, none of the above. 
okay, they're only going to pick the asshole out if he got ten votes. If the other guy got nine, he's the guy going to get elected. So it does you no good to do shit like that. See, that's a prime example of what you're going to get if you get everybody voting because we don't have people doing shit like that. You can vote none of the above 50 times. Everybody in the country can vote none of the above. The winner is going to have 10 votes in America, and the other guy might have eight. And 70 million votes, uh, 150 million votes go to none of the above. The guy at the 10 votes still going to get in. You understand what I'm talking about? That you can have all the education in the world. That's just a fact. I don't know that's but you're so you're basically saying that like ninety percent of the country would just vote erroneously just to be doing it. No, I'm not saying that. I'm saying these are the type of things that can happen. You okay. know, I would never vote none of the above. I would stay home then and do some shit like that. But what I'm saying is, you got people that think that way, and if you think that way, what purpose does that serve? No matter who the second guy is that comes in with a certain amount of votes, they're going to win anyway. So it does not make a difference. You're going to have to vote for a live person. You can't vote for Spud McKenzie and, and all this kind of <laughs> shit. You have to vote for a person. You blew the zest off of that one. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, they can dig him up and vote for him. But the thing is, is you're going to have to vote for a person. So okay. to me... You should not make everybody vote because everybody does not deserve to vote. Everybody don't have the knowledge to vote. And to me, if I'm trying to get my point across and get my person elected, I don't need somebody coming in trying to vote just to be voting to vote for anybody who could get that person, not give them a chance to be elected because they making dumb decisions. Leave it the way it is now. If you don't want to vote, then don't go to the polls. If people do want to vote, go to the polls. But leave the people the fuck alone who don't want to vote. Okay. All right. And let me take a, a break. I'm a little overdue for a break from one of our sponsors. Um, it's kind of a lengthy ad, so um, it's going to be a little over three minutes. So everyone take a listen, grab a sip of water, and the Talk to Q Radio Show will be right back. My name is Denise Adams-Jones, and I want to say thank you for supporting the book, that I've written for youth, teens, and even women. If I had only known the consequences, sometimes in life we make decisions in the heat of the moment, out of anger, out of fear, and we don't think about the consequences that come along with it. So this manual came to me one day I was on a business trip flying to Florida, and I had my journal on the plane And the Holy Spirit was speaking to me and just had me writing things down, and I didn't quite understand it. But as I began to take it out of my journal and put it into the computer, the Holy Spirit spoke and said, you do this for a living. So I created the manual, and I created it by sharing tidbits of my life to let the young ladies know that there are things that we go through in our youth that are designed to destroy us from growing to be healthy young adults and women, and these also can impact the relationships that we have with our family, friends, and even when it comes to relationships, marriage. So I want to encourage you to take a look 
at the book, you can go to www.amazon.com and purchase the book. And in the book, there are activities that you will do to walk you through different phases of your life and to ask you questions. And all the way in the far end of the book, there is a prayer that I wrote, a prayer asking God to heal us, to allow us to forgive the people that hurt us, that came to destroy us so that we can be free from all the bondage, just the bondage that tries to hold us back so that we can live the abundant life that God has designed for us without being shamed, without feeling guilt or embarrassment because you are beautiful and you are so unique and that's what makes you who you are because nobody can be you. No matter what experiences we have, we are all different. The way we handle situations, that's what makes us different as well. And we don't want to respond out of anger and out of fear and out of shame and out of guilt. We want to be able to share out of love, out of a place where we've been healed and whole, and we're complete so that we can help somebody else. So if you haven't already gone to Amazon.com to purchase the book, If I Had Only Known the Consequences, Today will be a great day to start. Maybe you can buy one for a friend. If you are already healed and you are free and whole, buy one for a youth, a teen, or a friend and pass it along because there's activities that each person would do and they can hold that with them. And I've also prayed and asked God to let my story, even though it's little tidbits, but I want it to be a blessing to other people to see where I was over 20-something years ago and the healing that has taken place in my life. And there will be a actual book to tell you more in depth about my life. But this is what the Lord allowed me to share at this moment. And when I thought about it, I said when the Holy Spirit comes and we begin to prophesy, we do that in part. So my life story is shared in part. And the best is yet to come. Have a blessed day. I love you and be encouraged. Bye-bye. I'm Shantae from CoachShantae.com, and you're listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Uh, all right, and we're back. My thanks to Miss Denise Jones, author of the book, if I had only known the consequences, a book written with a focus on helping teens and women. Go to Amazon.com to check out the book by Denise Jones. Thank you for being a sponsor of the Talk to Q Radio Show. And I'm going to go to Alex and I'm going to go to Bobby. Alex, you wanted to um, reply to Ray? Oh, yeah. Um, I, when Ray was saying, if, for example, people voted none of the above, then whichever two idiots got a few votes would would win. Well, the, in most in most countries, I guess the system is different than in the U.S. Uh, in, in many countries, first of all, there's always more than just two candidates for an election. So unless somebody wins more than 50% of the vote, there's, there's usually a runoff. And if you had an option of none of the above and the majority population overwhelmingly voted that way, then there wouldn't be a question of choosing between whichever two candidates got some votes. No, no, no. 
if nobody got close to a majority, it would have to start all over again. That's that's what I meant. So uh, okay. I don't know how to properly put in the words. You know, it's getting late. English is not my first language, so I'm not the words are not coming through clearly. But the point is, the way the system is working right now, yes, it's very flawed. And um, the two-party system, it sucks. You get, you know, there needs to be more options. And for that to work, it's not going to happen at the federal level. It's very hard to get an independent elected at the federal level. But at the, at the local level, grassroots, this is where there's a, more of an opportunity. And, again, i got to emphasize this to most Americans. If you don't pay attention to your local politics, first of all, all the issues that concern you, where you have the power for your vote to directly have an impact, it's not going to happen if you don't participate locally. And if you want to push people at the national federal level, you have to start at the local level where they can, you know, where they can get that political street cred so they can move on up. You can't just look to those 535 clowns on Capitol Hill to fix your life when you have the city council clowns that you can you have access to right away. But I'm I kind of get there right. tangent here. Yeah, you my got that right. And you, especially when you use the word clowns, that's what we have here in Jackson, Mississippi. And Bobby, should election day be on um, the weekends, like someone mentioned earlier, or turned into a holiday to allow everyone an opportunity to vote? I mean, does either one of those work better than the other? Um, I don't. I don't know if uh, either one worked better than the other, but uh, the point is, we just need a particular day where you know we can maximize the number of people that get out to the polls. So if, if they decide to make it a, a holiday, then so be it. If they change it to a weekend, then that's what needs to happen. But, you know, whatever is going to accommodate the the vast majority of people, you know, to allow them to come to those polls, then that's what we need to do. So I'm, I'm neither for nor can see the option. We just need an option. We just need one. Yeah, yeah. I think either one will be better than what we have now with voting on Tuesday. I mean, that's just – it's just ridiculous to have to leave work and rush to the polls or rush to the polls before work. And, of course, the people who are rich and can afford to, you know, be off from their jobs or maybe they run their jobs so they go in whenever they want to. They're their own bosses. They're the ones who can go in and vote at their leisure and not have to feel pressure. Uh, but, I mean, again, that is the way it's designed. Now, you have some states that will allow voting on Saturdays in certain um Local elections, I don't think any federal elections allow that. Uh, but, I mean, it's something that should be nationwide. And so, Eminem, what should be the punishment for not voting if they made the law mandatory? Um, well, I mean, if it was a federal law, it, it, uh, it would be the same punishment probably as uh, anything federal, whether it's student loan or IRS or whatever, you know, shit, you know, uh, you can have your damn, you know, a lien put on your damn, you know, tax refund or some shit like that. I mean, you know, if it's mandatory. I mean, personally, like I say, I don't think it should be mandatory. I think it just should be more accessible. But just to answer the question, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think they should do it the same way they would do anything else federal, you know, which is pretty much – uh, fuck you up, you know. <laughs> you know, simply <laughs> And uh Crystal, how do you think they can enforce it? What do you think the penalty should be if you don't vote? Oh yeah, well I agree with Eminem. They should um 
you know, put a tax on it, um, you know, that kind of a penalty because it kind of goes with that whole tax law kind of, you know, uh, supporting your country kind of thing. So um, at the end of the year, if, um, you know, they can find or prove that you did not um, vote, you know, uh, then you would get a penalty added to your taxes. So just like they can find out that you didn't report your friggin' book royalties, okay? How did that happen? But anyway, <laughs> if they can find that out, then they can find out that you didn't friggin' vote. I'm just saying. April 15th, kiss my ass. Okay, that's all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm done. Oh, oh, how you really feel, Sugar Plum. <laughs> <laughs> God, not sugar plum. <laughs> Please oh, don't put man. that on my tombstone. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, you all know right, what, guys? So, if, if, if Bill 1313 was passed, all right, in many countries, uh, when you vote, they put your thumb in some kind of a, a, a permanent ink to, to show proof that you voted. If they had a special, like if you know, if the ladies had like a a fifty percent off, you know, the the thirteen thirteen workers had a fifty percent off for any person who voted. <laughs> trust me, niggas would be at the polls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, be lined up like a two line crew video. Everybody holding their crotch. Oh and uh, well, Bobby, who been? And then this is the last one before we move on to the next topic. And uh, well, let me let me hold on. I gotta read this from Chanel Tapper on Facebook, out there in Cali. When uh, to the initial question about should voting be mandatory, and she sounded like she's kind of in line with Ray. She said, "What would that prove? What would that do? Those who aren't informed now will be the same ones voting and uninformed then." All right, so that's Chanel chiming in from Facebook. Uh, Bobby, who would benefit more from mandatory voting, Democrats or Republicans? Uh man, I tell you, that that would be a tough one. Um, you can you can argue that, you know, uh, a lot of folks who would naturally lean Democratic way would uh, probably be bitter that they they're forced to do something now. So and, you know, Republicans probably think that most of that base is lazy and stuff. So you know, uh, so they'll probably come to the poll and just do some you know some fuckery, fuckery you know, and 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 vote like you know like Ray was saying. Um, or, you know, if you, you lean toward the Republican side, then, you know, it's like that's what they, you know, they know that folks probably aren't going to vote anyway, so that's that's more, if we do tax those folks, that's more revenue, more money, and, um, you know, and then they can also, you know, look point to that and say, hey, look, see, this this is what we've been talking about all along. So I don't know. I mean, it, you know, that that would be a tough question to uh, answer right now because we are not in that situation, so. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I, it, it could go either way. <laughs> Crystal, what do you think? What was the question? I'm sorry. Who would benefit more, Democrats or Republicans, if they made voting mandatory? Um, Probably the Democrats because, you know, their constituency are not coming out. And there it is, you know. And that's why there was such a push during the Obama administration, um, getting him elected in. And that's what did it, getting the young people and um, blacks and minorities out uh, to vote. And um, is that going to happen next time? Probably not. You know, Probably I mean, not. I don't know. You know, so 
yeah, I think that would help definitely the Democrats. Okay, okay. Uh, and last word, I'll let President Obama have the last word on that. Uh, my fellow Americans, please understand, the pussycrats <laughs> and Republicans are two birds of the same, two wings of the same motherfucking birds. Okay? Democrats and Republicans came to be after the Democratic-Republican Party split once they wiped out the Whig Party. It's all two wings of the same motherfucking bird. You guys got to learn to follow third parties. Start at the grassroots level. I'm Barry Obama, and I approve this motherfucking message. All right, I got my music going now. Look. <laughs> All right, 347-202-0215 is a number on the Talk to Q radio show. I want to bring up this topic. Um, we talked about this two years ago, and it's going to ring a bell. There was a kid named Anthony Stokes who was 15 years old who needed to get a heart transplant a couple of years ago. Um, but they did not want to give him a heart because he had a bad um, childhood as far as criminal record. Uh, he had done some stuff. I think he had been to juvenile uh, detentions and, you know, done a, little, done a little petty crimes and stuff. And people thought he was a bad kid, so he didn't deserve the heart. However, um, it reached social media. People complained that he deserved a heart regardless of his past. He deserved the opportunity to change. Okay. So he did get the heart transplant. I remember watching the interview that he had with a local news lady, and he talked about um, believing in forgiveness, and he thought that he was going to make, he said he was going to make the most of his second chance, that people should forgive him and give him an opportunity to live the life that he was supposed to live. Well, unfortunately, um, two years later at age 17, um, he was driving a car that matched the description of a car that was used in a home burglary, uh, where someone shot at an 81-year-old woman, and when they tried to pull him over, he took off and they chased him. He lost control of the car, hit a pole, and killed himself. So uh, he died from injuries sustained from the crash. So just two years after he got that second chance, he was still involved in a life of crime. And his last picture that was on Facebook uh, that the media has done, you know, been more than happy to post, is him taking a picture in the mirror, bathroom mirror, holding a gun at the, you know, at the mirror. Uh, Ray, I'll start with you, man. I don't remember what your opinion was a couple of years ago when we discussed this, but you know, the kid got a heart transplant, he got a second chance, and unfortunately, he didn't do anything with it. Is that the fault of the kid? Is that the fault of the parent? Is he a product of the environment? I mean, or all of the above? I mean, it's probably all the above, but I don't give a shit what what the issue is. I mean, it, it's uh, my opinion's the same as it was then. You know, them kind of people, you just got to get rid of them at any cost. And people can call it what they want, post little bullshit up. I'm gonna tell it the way it is. That's just the way it go with me. And look what look what happened. Now the media post a picture. They didn't Photoshop a picture. They put a picture up that he took. Yeah. And that was kind of like a side way you said, oh, what the media did. Media didn't do nothing. He did that. Now, 
wherever he's from, it's probably going to be a little safer over there, just a little bit, because he's got some more just like him that got to get out of the way, too. But it's going to be a little safer. You know, I hate to be a certain way, but you can't help but be that way because there's certain people out here that are not trying to do anything positive. They cause problems, waiting to take what people got that they work for, and just create issues. And now we're supposed to look around and say, oh, well, the system and the parents and this, that, and the other. No, the parents probably was too young in the first place and they had them. Put other things in front of raising their kids instead of raising their kids. Now he comes up and got a second chance and turn around and shoot at an 81 year old woman. Yeah, while she was watching TV. 81 year old woman. Now, that's what I'm saying. Then we won't blame the police and the media and everybody else. But when are we going to stand up and realize that? These hoogums need to be dealt with one way or another. Don't get me wrong here. I've done wrong too, but it's always been behind a come up. Okay, you're trying to get some money, you try to do this and that. That's one thing. But if you're hurting people just because over $50 or $75, that ain't, you know, that ain't nothing to hurt nobody for. Get Definitely no reason to shoot no old woman. Definitely not a reason to shoot at shoot at an old woman. And um, Buck, how do you feel about it, man? I mean, I, I I cannot disagree with Ray on this one at all, man. This is a situation where the kid got a second chance at life, and to me, it's like his second chance was worse than his first chance. This is this is you know you said the kid got a uh, what a heart transplant or something? Yeah, they didn't want to give him a heart okay. transplant because they said he was a bad seed. He, you know, people, you know, it, made, it went public and people complained and said he deserved a second chance and he got it. And he, the second chance wound up hitting a pole at the intersection, running from the cops. That thing is this, and I kind of, you know, I don't think he should have gotten a second chance, to be honest with you. When you got a person that's, you know, a menace to society, they shouldn't be getting any kind of transplants because there's, there's some people out there that really, really need transplants, and I know. Everybody not going to agree with that, but, I mean, I'm looking at this from, a, you know, if you're a menace to society and you're a habitual criminal, I don't think you should be getting heart transplant, kidney transplants, or any kind of transplant because, you know, you're a menace to society, you know, and somebody up there, again, we, we, this is something that really needs to be looked at because, you know, I, I just, you know, now that, you know, he's running from the cops and wrapped himself around a pole or whatever, a tree or whatever, you know, this is a you know somebody else could have gotten that that you know could have that could have been productive in the society. Yeah, um, I know we can't. I know you really can't play God with that. With that, you know, it's, I know it's a touchy subject, but that's just the way I feel about it. I mean, I just think that that's something that should have been. I mean, he still create. You know, you're shooting at elderly people and all this kind of stuff after you get a transplant. It's just ridiculous. It's retarded, and you know. You know, it, it shouldn't have happened that. It shouldn't have gone down like that. He should have just not gotten a transplant and would have been more money in our pockets, less taxpayer dollars being being wasted. And I know there's no way to predict what someone's going to do. You never know when someone's going to make a change. There are a lot of people in the world, 
and you know Ray Ray said it, and you know we've all done something stupid, but you know we we've gotten other opportunities to correct that. So you never know what's going to be that one thing that turns someone around, and you can't really predict it. That's what makes it so hard. And Crystal, I honestly think he got the transplant because he was a kid. Had he been 25 years old, I don't think he would have gotten it. Uh, but I mean, what's your what's your take on this? I mean, I, I'm not sure how most people feel about it. I've heard some people say it's tragic. Um, I've heard some people upset because they think he stole a heart, essentially. I mean, where do you fall on this? Well, you know, this is a hard one because on the one hand, um, I feel that, yes, a heart was wasted. Um, Especially, I, I think of someone who has lost so many people young and mm-hmm. um, that could have definitely given their organs because the only thing was wrong with them is that they had lead poisoning. And, you know, they could have given their organs to someone. And and then, you know, as as a mother, as a friend, as, you know, a sister, and, you know, you think, okay, well, this, this heart, this liver, this, you know, whatever, goes to someone and they can live, now live their life. So my legacy of my loved one is living on inside, even though they died tragically or in an accident or whatever, but this person now can live their life, this young person or whatever, can live their life. And then to think about how it was, it was wasted. It was like my loved one died all over again. And yeah. um, so I, and I think on that level, but then I think if, um, which I I feel this is going to happen, actually, after this, you know, it sets a precedence where someone says, you know what, we need to really look at the background of the people we give it to. And no matter what we are not going to give an uh, an organ to someone who has had um, any kind of criminal background, whatever. So... And you don't know because we've had plenty, plenty of people who come out of the the criminal justice system and and make a life for themselves, especially when mm-hmm. they're that young. You know, Judge they Mathis. they did they were young, they were you know, and then they can make a life. So, but that's hard. So it's it's hard for me to say which way to go on this, but but I tend to lean towards the. Um, the parents and the you know people who who were part of that giving of the organ and then knowing that because yeah. a lot of times they do know who who gets the organ and then finding that uh, out. I'm sure they know would, this. Yeah, it would be a tremendous loss. That's true. That's true. And Bobby, let me ask this: if if he would have been a donor himself and they were able to harbor his organs after he killed himself, would that make a difference in how everyone felt? If they were able to get that heart and give it to somebody else anyway? I don't think it would make a difference in how people feel, um, you know, because the act was still, you know, perpetrated. It was still done. So people would still feel the, feel the way they feel. Um, but, you know, I guess, you know, they would just look at that situation as a silver lining in a, in a dark cloud, you know, that, you know, that they were able to reuse uh, the organs and stuff. So, but uh, the, 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 the situation is that, you know, even though I agree with Ray and all the others, you know what I'm saying, I think that, you know, it, you know, it's fucked up to get, you know, to get an organ and then go out and do something stupid like that. But do, you know, do we really know 
all the circumstances, you know what I mean? Um, because it sounded like the kid was pro- probably in that gang life and things like that, and anybody who's been around it or near it know that that ain't something you could just walk away from. Maybe he was forced to go and steal from this old lady. And, you know, I mean, that, that's a lot of reason. I'm not giving him an excuse. I'm not giving him a pass because, like I said, you know, he, he brought that on himself. That's, that was his dumb decision, and he, he pretty much got what he, you know, he reaped what he sowed. But at the same time, though, uh, you know, where, where do we go from here? Do we do we say, okay, you know, here's another black kid, you know, young black kid who had a troubled life, you know, who needed organ. Do we not give it to him because we can look back at this situation now? Or do we say, okay, well, that was an isolated, that was an outlier, that was, uh, you know, that was a, a a single incident, and, you know, do we, we give this guy a chance? And then if we do, and this person go do the same damn thing, now what? You know, so, I mean, it's hard to say what a person is going to do uh, right. You know, so before the fact, you know, and it, it, it's a slippery slope. It's a tough, you know, it's a tough thing. Yeah. And, and it sucks that, you know, this kid was that stupid. Yeah. And um, Eminem, Alex said on Facebook that, um, you know, it can make it harder for, you know, other black people to get uh, black men to get transplants because, you know, there are a lot of us out there who, whether you've had a you know a bad attorney, you may have pleaded pled to something that you probably didn't even do just to try to avoid going to jail. You have some people, and I'm just talking about innocent people here now. I'm not talking about the guilty ones, but you know there have some people that have been railroaded into things, and they may have a record of something small, and that may prevent them in the future from getting any type of organ transplant. I mean, you agree with that? Well, well. Well, my my spin on the whole thing is this. Well, no, number one, uh, I, I don't know if anybody on the phone is in the medical field. I'm not, but I know as a uh, in the medical profession, their job is strictly to save lives. So what somebody is or does, I mean, if a guy needs a wisdom tooth out, I mean, if you're on death row and parchment, they're going to pull your tooth. If, if you That's true. The they do work on game bankers. Right. So... And uh, what I don't like about the situation, my personal opinion, you know, everybody has some good points, but my personal opinion is like I, I just hate it when when crime is only labeled the type of stuff that minorities do, you know. Uh, case in point, you know, if uh, uh, I can't remember this guy named that uh, stole all that damn money on Wall Street, had them hedge funds and fucked people out of billions of dollars and all that shit, which one? If his hands made off, right. So what I'm saying is that if there was some type of standard set, you know, I could be more for it. But if, but if it's only going to be crimes that are just like you know blacks and Latinos Selling. and shit, now I'm, Selling you know, crime. I'm just saying like if, if if it's like if Bernie Ebers need a heart transplant and you know he got one, well that's no different than. You know, a couple of these guys in this neighborhood, you know, sure. might get shot or something, need something. So that's my spin on it. Like, you know, if if it can be done and quantified where to be across the board, because he... Yeah, that's not going to happen. Right, right. <laughs> and so, uh, but, you know, just just my opinion, right. if, if I were to make a law about a transplant, as long as you hadn't killed nobody, you should have a right to live. If you kill somebody and it wasn't self defense, then why should we save a life and you took somebody else's life? That's that that's mine just simplified. You know, you can be a criminal, but if you that big of a criminal, we're gonna give your ass a, a heart, but you're gonna be locked up. But if this boy is is, 
not incarcerated, well, just like some people go left, some people go right. You know, some people go on to be Judge Mathis. You know, some people smoked and inhaled and become the president. Other people smoked, inhaled, and got worse. They crack addicts now. So, uh, you know, we don't have a crystal ball. But, you know, I just think that, you know, as long as you hadn't killed nobody, I mean, that just – that's just a chance you have to take. No, no different than what everybody who ever worked in the emergency room deal with every night. Yeah. When that person, um, that ambulance pull up, your job is though, to save a life. That that would be loaded because it's so many different ways you can go with that. So if you got a guy that's, you know, molested six or seven kids, is he okay? Well, in, in my opinion, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, if if I had to do the law, that's how I would do it. Now, if it was based on what I feel, well, a lot of people be fucked up. But I'm just saying, if this boy was just a bad boy, and you said we're not gonna give yeah. him a heart just because he's bad, I mean, if he's if he's not incarcerated, I mean, it, it just, I mean, that's just like locking up somebody or kill them just to say, well, you look like you're going to do something else. You may or you may not, but... But I I think more so with him, he had a history of doing something. It's not like, oh, okay, well, you stole something when you was 18 and it's 20-something years later and you haven't done nothing since and now we're holding that against you. No, it's not like that. We're talking about somebody that's constantly in and out of the system. That's the problem. Now, if somebody just made a mistake here or made a mistake there or they've done something and they've been clean seven or eight years, they ain't done nothing wrong without yeah. being a repeat offender, I don't think it would be a problem. But I just my opinion is that I think the current system is, is, is great the way it is where medical professions are not to get involved with anything but just saving a life. So if somebody needs a loan... If this dude is whatever, you know, if he need a lung, he need a lung. Now, anything else, once he's breathing, if he's if he's guilty of something, arrest his ass. I mean that. I mean that's just how that's just how it should go. Okay. All right. It's pretty interesting topic. Is um, it's it's crazy because uh, I I mean I have no idea if his parents made the effort to raise the child or not. I mean, I can't say. I can speculate, but I can't say for sure. Because you have some kids who are just going to do what they want to do regardless of what the parent is trying to teach them. Um, so, I, I mean, you you, you, you kind of want to feel bad for the parents. Um, I hate to see a kid lose his life, but by the same token, shooting at an 81-year-old woman, I, I mean, running from the cops, it's hard for anyone to feel sympathy over that. You well, know, yeah, that's uh, because we uh, see what he did, though, Q. But I'm saying, but but, I'm, yeah, I'm but when he needed that. a heart, nobody didn't know that, though. Like you yeah, said, yeah. he could have been Judge Mathis. He could have went on to right. be something else. I didn't. I didn't have a problem with them giving him a heart. Um, I just think it's it's tragic that it had to just come to this. You know, this is like one of the worst possible things. If if I would have read a story that he got um, arrested for breaking in the house and stealing the TV, nobody got hurt. I'd be like, oh, man, that's a shame, you know, because he had a second chance. But it's like he did the absolute worst thing he could do. Not only are you breaking someone's house, you shooting at women watching TV, you know, and then running from the cops. I mean, he just, man, he just did the worst. So, 
I don't know, but uh, let's see. Tomorrow, there is a Q on One podcast launching uh, that's featuring some of the female show legends, and I appreciate all of them who volunteered. Tomorrow, my Q on One is with show legend Amy, and we'll discuss topics on uh, women for past, present, and future. Women's History Month kind of got by me without me really doing anything, and um, I said, you know, better late than never. So over the next week or so, I'll be releasing podcasts in honor of my tardiness to Women's History Month. The Q on One with Amy will be available starting tomorrow after the Crystal Show, and you'll be able to listen to it anytime um, after 11 p.m. Eastern tomorrow. So look for that um, on tomorrow, and then there will be one with Crystal that will be available on Friday night at 10 p.m. Eastern. So two podcasts coming your way in the next couple of days. Tomorrow will be Amy. Friday will be Crystal. On Tuesday's show, would you microchip your kid? And takes a look at tracking devices for children. I mean, would you go as far as to have a tracking device surgically implanted in your child to attempt to ensure their protection? That and more on Tuesday's um, April 7th on the Talk to Key Radio Show. No experts, just opinions. Final thoughts. Buck, I'll start with you. Final thoughts on tonight's show. Great show as always. Um, as far as uh, should you should it be mandatory for your vote, you know, that's something that, you know, might need to be done. I mean, but you have to look at it from all aspects. Um, but it's really, for me, I think we need to kind of educate more when it comes to voting. I don't think there's enough educate, education uh, for the younger, you know, for the younger generation to even know what they're doing once they get there. Um, they just need to, uh, we all need to kind of take, you know, take the reins here and just make sure, you know, my parents did it for me, and I think it's important for, you know, us to do it for our children to make sure they know what they're doing and vote. Because, you know, right now as it stands, you know, it's 18. So they need to know what they're doing once they get there. Um, there's a, there's enough technology out there right now so they'll know what they're doing as far as the, you know, voting for the, for the people that are, you know, running for office. But also, since, you know, we were covering that particular subject, um, we also need to look at some of the technology and make voting better, you know, make it easier. So, therefore, we can get rid of this damn paper ballot shit so that way we can, you know, count ballots and count them properly. Um, most of the people at the polls, if you ever go to the polls, these jokes are like 79, 87, 60, you know, uh, 70 and above. And if this, this is what we're, you know, giving our paper ballots to, not saying anything bad about those people, but the bottom line of it is some ballots are not going to get counted. So... That's why I have to wait until 11 o'clock at night to see it, you know, count the ballots. You just need a better damn system. And uh, with as much technology as we got, we got, we need to start looking at some different ways. But um, that's what I was going to pretty much say as far as that goes. But hopefully we'll get a little zone coverage in and everybody have a great rest of the week. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate that. And let's see, Dr. Willis. Yeah, um, it was a good show tonight. Um, as far as the voting situation is concerned, uh, I think that if we start forcing people to do everything, uh, then we're going to get away from our basic principles of uh, what we stand for as, in the, you know, as a country. 
so as far as like forcing folks to vote, I don't know if we should go that route, but I do agree with um with Buck. I think education is key. We need to teach our children, you know, um educate them on, on how to, you know, pick a candidate and, you know, what to look for, see who's uh, who's got your best interest at heart and things like that. Uh so education is key on that situation. As far as the young man with the um they got the heart transplant and, and who did the, that, that horrible deed. Uh, I think that we probably won't hear another, we probably won't hear um, another situation like that for a long, long time. So, I mean, I think this right here is just one of those, it, just, it was just a fluke uh, situation. I, I, you know, I don't think this is the norm. I don't even think it's, you know, the exception. This is just, it, it's just a simple freaking, you know, I mean, I can't even explain it. I don't even think this has been done before. You know, uh, somebody, you know, usually when they, they get a second chance. They, you know, they cherish that. And this guy had no regards to any, any, anybody. And like I said, we don't know the, all the details, but you know that's what it is. Um, other than that, it was a good show. I enjoyed chopping it up with the fam as always, and um, you know I look forward to next week. Thank you very much, sir. I appreciate the input. And Eminem. Oh, my bad. I got Eminem on mute, I think. Uh, Eminem? All right. Yeah, man. Great show. Of course, I say every show is a great show because I like the the, the the wide variety of topics, how we go with different stuff. Uh, voting, like I say, I don't think it should be mandatory, but I do think it should be definitely more accessible. I think it's a lot more technology that can be used now, uh, including more than just one voting day. I think it could be a voting week if you really want to have it accessible to everybody. Uh, uh, I think it should be some type of uh, incentives for it. You know, like I say, you know, you can you can do things and, and damn them make it mandatory without making it mandatory, you know. Uh, but uh, I, th- I think that, uh, you know, uh one of the, I, I know, I think it was uh, Buck and Bobby mentioned something about education. It's just funny how, you know, you don't learn about the government too much until your senior year, you know, other than maybe just learning on your own or a parent that's deeply involved. The average American don't even know how the government works. They don't even understand the three branches of government. They don't understand what the local does, the state or the federal does. Uh, that's why so many people... Uh, hung up on the damn presidential election, but that's the one that's least most effective in your daily life, you know. Uh, and I'm not saying voting for a president is not important, but, I mean, it has more so to do with, you know, gross national product and foreign policy, but but the basic shit that you see every day is pretty much going to be on the local levels and um, and something that's not even uh, part of the government, you know, like your, you know, your, you know, school bonds and PTA and shit like that's the stuff that affects you, but that's the stuff that people ignore. So, sure. but I think a lot of it's because miseducation. Um, you know, as far as a young man, you know, it's unfortunate. You know, I don't have pity for people to bring stuff on themselves, but at the same time, I think uh, the medical profession is a neutral thing, and uh, you go to school all those years to save lives and that's what you do you save a life and you leave it up to the criminal justice system to determine what type of deal these people do 
Uh, and, uh, you know, that's my opinion on that. So, um, uh, also, I liked, uh, I like having Alex on tonight. I think he did a great job. He referenced 13-13 at least two times, maybe three. Uh, speaking <laughs> of voting, if that's ever on the ballot, you know, I think the polls will have numbers in unforeseen numbers, you know, um, I don't think, I mean, I, I think that that would have a line of folks in, in, in droves. And now everybody thinks it's going to be guys lined up, but it should be women. You know, you got free enterprise. You know, you can get your damn lights on and shit like that, man. You know, you, you better bring your ass out there and vote. Shit. What do we get for $10? Everything you want. Everything <laughs> ah. <laughs> All right, on Facebook, Alex had to. You know what? Uh, Alex had to, damn song. had to drop off because he, you know, had to get ready for work. But uh, on Facebook, he said that uh, Eminem speaking my language right now. He's something what I've been saying for the last nine years on BTR about government. So uh, yeah, you got a fan, Eminem, but you know Alex. <laughs> Alex is one of your biggest fans. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I appreciate that, man. Went from Archie to Alex. Hey, we staying in the A's, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) All right, Ray? Yeah, uh, interesting topic. I mean, we know it's going to go in a lot of different directions, but... um, No doubt. As far as, as voting goes, I don't think it should be mandatory. Like I said before, I always believe that voting is important because people that want to vote should be able to vote and informed voters should be able to vote for what they want to vote for. If you open it up to everybody, you got people in there pulling levers and just doing anything they want to do, and it shouldn't be that way. So... If you want to vote, you know what you have to do. You have to register. You have to actually physically go down to the place and vote. If you don't want to vote, you stay home. But at the same time, it's your right to do so. And a lot of people get mad with people who don't vote. Then they get mad with people who vote for a candidate who they don't want to vote for. So it's just a big controversy when we're dealing with voting. Mm -hmm. You know? And as far as the kid goes, you know, they got in the accident, you know, you don't want to see anybody lose their life. But at the same time, some of these folks out here are not doing nothing but menacing and being a a cancer on society. And those type of folks should not be considered when it comes to helping them live so they can continue what they're doing. When there's other people out here that may be trying to do some more positive things, need help as well. Now, we can say, oh, how we judge that and everything else, but like you do anything else, just like your credit or anything else, you look at the history. And if the history says that you are a repeat offender, 
Mm-hmm. You haven't learned from anything that you've done. Then there, there it is. But, you know, good show. Interesting topic. And I look forward to the next one. All right. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your input this evening. And, Crystal, shut it down for me. Okay. Well, um, as I said before, with mandatory voting, I think that it should be a mandatory voting um, with it making it more convenient for people to vote. Um, We already have uh, things in place such as early voting in some states and absentee voting in some states. Um, not in everyone, not in Michigan, uh, so <laughs> you can't do that. But, um, you know, I, I really feel that basically what what the idea is trying to do is just trying to get people to get out there and to take it more seriously. I do agree that we should have more education on voting, um, on the, you know, the um, system, and uh, knowing what it is, what government is really about, and starting it at a at a much younger age um than just high school and and just a particular class because it's not even in every single high school you know in every class it's just generally talked about so yeah i think they should spend more time talking about it so the kids when they become 18 and they know what they're doing at least have an idea so um as far as the heart transplant it's again it's such a sad case and um, actually, an organ donation is not automatic that you get an organ or that the organ that is used is is you know used from every person. There are criteria when it comes to organ donation. There's criteria, of course, mainly with your health and the health of the person that was um, uh, who died. Um, you usually want younger people. However. You know, it's still it still can be a criteria of who receives it, and you know we all know there's a, a long waiting list. I mean, all you have to do is, if you want to watch a movie, watch John Q. That's the best movie when it comes to talking about insurance and and how the organ donation works. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but very good show, and hope you guys enjoy your sports stuff. Uh, you're not staying on. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thank no. you very much, Crystal. I You're appreciate welcome. your contributions this evening. And all right, everyone. Um let's see. I have another sponsor I want to get to. And before we get to some zone coverage, um I have a song I'm gonna play from a artist out of Knoxville, Tennessee, named Daddy Rich. And this song is called Drink and Smoke, Daddy Rich featuring Mr. Mac. And a nice little club bump, you know, so I want everyone to check it out. And once we come back from that, we'll get into some zone coverage. So here is Drink and Smoke by Daddy Rich featuring Mr. Mac out of Knoxville, Tennessee. And afterwards, we'll get into some zone coverage. Yo, yo, this is Daddy Rich. And I'm representing Knoxville, Tennessee, coming to you at the Talk to Q show. Yo, you can buy the new single, Drink and Smoke, that we're about to show you. Amazon.com, iTunes, and all your digital download sites. Be sure to go and get it. It's a hot new single. It's ready for the summertime. This is Daddy Rich. I'm out. 
featuring Mr. Mac. So out of Knoxville, Tennessee, representing the Dirty South. So props to them. And much success with their single drink and smoke. Thanks for being a sponsor of the Talk to Q radio show. All right, let me get my show legends back on. 
All right, fellas, we're we're back. Talk a little sports here. Uh, well, I guess before I, I do that, let me close officially close the other show. And my thanks to the fake President Obama. Uh, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, then you have to rewind the show. My thanks to my sponsors, Denise Jones, author of the book, If I Had Only Known the Consequences, and Daddy Rich for his song featuring Mr. Matt called Drank and Smoke. My thanks to my show legends, callers, tweet chatters, and everyone else who participated in tonight's show. My apologies for the outburst on that idiot prank caller, Jim. I normally brush prank callers off, but for some reason he got on my nerves tonight by continuing to call in as if I wouldn't recognize his phone number, but, you know, stuck on stupid. If you want more of the great topics off the air, then ask to join my exclusive Facebook group. Just search for T2Q on Facebook and ask for an invite. The group is private, so it's invitation only. You can get a heavy dose of the show topics every day in the T2Q group on Facebook. Um, you can also email your comments to me at talktoqnow at gmail, and I'll read them on the air. Google Talk to Q. Have a good night, and now we'll get into some zone coverage. And all right, um, guys, let's see. A lot's been happening in sports, and um, I'm really not even sure where to start, to be honest with you. But I guess the best place to start is the the Final Four. Uh, we have two number one seeds in Kentucky and Wisconsin going at it this weekend, and we have Duke, a number one seed, going against. Number seven, Michigan State, who always seems to find their way into the Elite Eights and Final Fours. I mean, Tom Izzo, you know, he gets some props, but he never really gets mentioned as being one of the better coaches. But uh, let's start with Kentucky and Wisconsin first. And, Ray, I'll just ask you, do you think Wisconsin has any chance of beating Kentucky? Because a lot of people actually think that they could go in there and actually handle Kentucky. Oh, uh, yeah, I think they got a chance because uh, Wisconsin plays together. They're a tough team. I mean, I hope Kentucky pulls it out because, you know, I like what Calipari got going there. He makes his money and he makes sure his ball players get their money. And I think that's the way it should be. Kishesky and them, they talk that school shit, but they want you to get make them richer in the long run. And, you know, you go to school for years, you might get in the league, you might not. So I'm pulling for Kentucky, but Wisconsin definitely has a team that can upset Kentucky. I mean, they almost got beat with the Notre Dame game, so yeah. they need to come with the A game. They got a lot of talent, but I'm not sure they got enough brains to beat Wisconsin. Okay. But is anybody going to beat Kentucky? I think Wisconsin gonna do it, man. I, I really do. Um, Wisconsin's one of those teams that got that, you know, they, they're not really sneaky at this point because they made it in the Final Four. But I mean, these guys, you know, these guys can they they be hooping. So, you know, they get it they get out to a good lead on these boys. I mean, I, I really think that I think they get they're the team that can get in there and they they can handle they can handle Kentucky. And I think they're gonna really they're gonna show some things. And now if they get behind, they it may be hard for them to come back. If they get behind by ten, but I tell you what, they get a lead and build a pretty good lead, ten fifteen point lead. It's gonna be pretty hard for Kentucky. They're gonna they're gonna have to. Uh, Kentucky's not one of those teams that kind of fight back from big deficits, small deficits, yes, but big ones, no. Uh, I think you know Wisconsin. They're gonna have to really. They're gonna have to watch them. 
Okay. And Eminem, what about on the other side with Duke and Michigan State? You know, Michigan State, one of those teams that it seems like every single year they're in the mix, and I don't think they're afraid of Duke. No, they they're not afraid, but uh, I I don't think they're gonna pull it out though. Uh, I I think uh, Duke's gonna win this one. Um, now the team I had that I thought could actually beat Kentucky is already out, and that was Arizona. So, um, but as far as the the Michigan State, like I say, uh, I agree with you, Q. I think you know Izzo is one of those coaches that you know. Uh, for some reason, he's kind of under the radar as far as uh, getting acknowledged as a a, a, a a coach that's not like a one-time wonder. He actually, you know, has a uh, solid achieving program and a, a perennial contender and that kind of, you know, that kind of category. So I don't think he gets enough credit on that one, but I don't think they're going to beat Duke, though. Yeah. Okay, well, I think um, it's some nice matchups. And we'll see what happens uh, with that. Let's see some other news, uh, just some little tidbits. The Cowboys signed Rolando McClain for a year, one-year, $3 million deal. Romo reworked his salary, and it put the Cowboys $13 million under the cap. So they'll have enough to sign their draft picks and maybe even another free agent if they want to go that route. Uh, of course, that means Romo's going to hit hard on the cap next year. But uh, that's just what Jerry Jones does. Former Cowboy Miles Austin signs a, G- a deal with the Eagles, a one-year deal worth $2.3 million. So 30 years old. And Eminem, you think Miles Austin got anything left for y'all? Well, uh, I, I really don't. I, I really um, – I was actually su- pretty surprised with it. But, you know, I think he may have been more effective if – just say if Jeremy Macklin was still there, but – uh, you know, I'm just kind of waiting to see what the the end result gonna be when the final roster is set. But as of right now, I'm not really, I'm not really uh, too thrilled about Miles Austin. Um, I, you know, I think um, <laughs> I don't know. I, I I really didn't understand it. You know, um, that one. Okay. Yeah. And. Uh... The Cleveland Browns general manager got suspended for four games uh, without pay uh, because he was sending texts to personnel during the game. Um, I guess that's a no-no. I didn't know you couldn't send text messages to personnel. I guess when they say to personnel, I'm not exactly sure who they mean. But uh, the team was fined $250,000, and he's suspended for the first four games of next season without pay. The Falcons got fined three hundred and fifty thousand dollars, and they lose a draft pick because they were piping crowd noise into the Georgia Dome. So they have to give up not this year, but next year a two thousand and sixteen draft pick, uh, which would be a fifth round pick. Uh, but you seem to believe that other um, teams are doing this as well. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, come on. I mean, I, I don't think they should have. I think this is a little bit steep. I mean, we we can look at the 12th man. We know they pipe in sound. We know Kansas City. We know they pipe in sound. And these two teams didn't get fined and lose a draft pick. I just think that each year, um, for whatever reason, the NFL decides they're going to pick on some teams and, um, you know, do some stupid-ass fining and, you know, just to kind of, you know, pad their pockets, so to speak. 
I think this is ridiculous. Um, I'm quite sure there are other teams other than those two I mentioned, but those two come to mind because it's really fucking loud every time you go to them damn stadiums. Uh, see it on Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, Kansas City and and Seattle are so damn loud. That, I mean, you know they're piping in noise. Why they don't? Why they're not getting fines? If the Falcons gonna get fined, these two teams need to be fined. I guess they ain't been so, caught. They ain't been caught. I guess so. I just think I I don't agree with it. You know, the Atlanta Falcons is the last team on the planet that needs to be losing in his draft picks. I don't care if it's a fifth round or thirteenth round. I know it's not thirteenth round, but <laughs> they really they really don't they really don't need no damn you know losing any draft picks. So I don't know how the NFL delegates you know or kind of figures out who's doing what, but I think it's bullshit. So so the noise they piping in, just kind of educate me on the cue. Is it like doing a play call or just just period just. I guess just throughout the game, they said they had crowd noise coming in over the speakers. Um, I guess it's mainly when the other team's on offense. Okay, because, I mean, if it's the pregame or something like that, I'm just like, damn. I mean, you know, okay. And I could, I could kind of see it if the other team has the ball or something. I could see what that would interfere with the, you know, you want to keep the competition at a certain level. But yeah. Outside of that, I mean, damn, that's no different than a band or something playing loud. I mean, damn, like, wow. Yeah, so that's what they're talking about with that, and that's going to cost them some picks. I'm going to cost them a pick and a little money. But, okay, uh, let's see. The NFL Competition Committee tweaked the rule about what is a catch, and it's still confusing. Essentially, uh, because based on the rule, what Des Bryant's uh, what he did last year still wouldn't have been a catch. But uh, the rule now says that the receiver has to establish himself as a runner rather than just make a football move. So what was once a football move now has to be you being a runner, and you have to have control of the ball and both feet in bounds. So it's still kind of a judgment-type judgment, judgment type deal, so I don't really think anything has changed on that. Uh, not much. The NFL is going to drop its blackout policy for a year. So um, if you don't sell out, you don't have to worry about your blackout games this year. Uh, Two-time NFL champion and Philadelphia Eagles Hall of Famer Chuck Bettinerick died last Saturday at the age of 89. And uh, Eminem, Chuck Bettinerick, one of those famous old-timers from back in the day. Yeah, Yeah. man, one of them them super-duper old-timers, man, when, you know, when play both sides of the ball and all that type of shit, man. So, uh, uh, you know, that's that's like uh, one of those one of those uh, players that you know is, is immortalized when you think of uh, you know rough and tough and you know playing for the hell of it versus playing for money. And you know, I'm I'm a proponent for playing for money. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, that's when you almost you almost had to be nuts to play football because it was brutal as hell. It was damn near like being a gladiator because <laughs> you definitely weren't rewarded for it financially like you are now. So, you know, uh, uh, I think it's a great loss. And, you know, uh, whenever you, you know, think of a number 60, you know, you're going to think of that if you're, you know, uh, Eagles fan that's that's kind of up on the history of the team, you know. Of course, right. Uh, me being an Eagles fan, that you know that guy had 
being stopped playing before I was even born. So, I mean, it wasn't like I was watching them, but, you know, um, but just reading on the team history over the years and stuff like that, I knew how important he was and, uh, you know, how he contributed, you know. Uh, and I could say not only uh, offensively, but defensively too. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's something mm-hmm. that, you know, that I think that uh, there can't be enough said about a lot of the new players coming in. A lot of people think it's not necessary or – you know it don't matter, but yeah, yeah. I mean, technically, it, yeah, it, it won't impact what you do on the field. But it's one of them things like where if 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 I were getting ready to be drafted, if I was, of course, we got the twentieth pick unless something changes. But if I was getting ready to be drafted, and if I was a defensive player or or offensive lineman, you know, it's certain things that I would like to just research on the team. So when I'm sitting down in front of Jeffrey Lowry and everybody else, uh, Pat Shermer or whoever, I want them to know that I'm not just a video game playing, Skittles-eating motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So Yeah, uh, that's probably not happening. Right, it's not going to happen, but I'm just saying, you know, but, but you okay. know, if I were a high school or college coach, I would kind of hip some of my players to that type of shit. If they want to, that might, that might give them the edge over the next guy who's just, equal to them, you know what I'm saying? Right. You're getting hired by the Eagles. You're not getting hired by the guys on the street. So. Exactly. All right. And, you know, now Mariota is saying that he may not show up for the – well, that he's not going to show up for the draft, that he's going to stay home with his family. So the top two quarterbacks are probably not going to be in Chicago um, the first year they have the draft. And Ray, does it matter to you? And Ray, when you're done, I'm gonna let you go to Buck. I gotta step away for a second and let you comment on it. Okay, no, I don't think it really matters. I think um, you should enjoy the draft wherever you want to enjoy your moment. You know, uh, James Winston said he didn't want to be there because his grandmother couldn't travel because she had health issues. And Mariota said he wants to celebrate with his family in Hawaii, and he should be able to do that. There's going to be plenty enough guys there. But, yes, draft history has gone on. It's been a problem with, you know, guys not being drafted when they were projected. And each draft pick used to take about eight or nine minutes, and that could be a long wait because you already waited long enough. And... For a guy that may slip from the first round to the second round, that then that means he has to come back a whole nother day. And that can be real, you know, depressing. It can be real, you know, embarrassing. It can be a lot of things. So if I was a guy, no matter what they were projecting, I think I would rather be home with my family where I can enjoy the moment amongst people that I know. You got plenty of time to talk to the media, and the media will be at your house or wherever you are. So I don't see a problem with it. Okay, and I think we're going to see more people do this, and I don't blame them. And but does, does it bother you that the draft picks are not there at the um, at the actual site? No, I mean it doesn't bother me at all. I mean, I mean you want to celebrate it with your family, and. Um, 
You know, and that's what's most important. I mean, because especially when you have somebody like, you know, especially when you have elderly family like a grandmother, grandfather, things like that, and they can't travel to New York or wherever they're having, or Chicago, wherever they're having the uh, draft this year. Um, I think it's really cool that, you know, you get to celebrate it with the moment. Hell, they're going to have camera crews there anyway, so it, ain't, it doesn't matter whether you're at the house or the damn sports bar or right there where where the draft is being held. I don't think that really makes a difference. I, I think it's more personable if you're doing it with your family. Um, you know, and it's a, it's a great gesture, especially when, you you know, you're having several generations that are, you know, celebrating with you. So I don't see a problem with it. I know that, you know, maybe from a, you know, some of the, you know, media outlets may be upset with it because they're not there like some of the other people in the past have been. But really it doesn't, it doesn't, make me mad at all. You're going to see them either way. You know, really, I think what kind of spearheaded some of these guys to kind of stay is actually Michael Sams, you know, with him being at home, being the first gay player or whatnot, you know, him being at home and kissing that damn dude. I think, this kind of, I think he kind of pioneered this shit for these other guys to do, you know, to not saying, you know, not saying these guys are gay or anything, just, you know, being able to stay home with their family, you know, it's important. You know. Actually, I'm glad you mentioned Michael Sam because I just got some breaking news on him. Now, earlier it was reported that he was probably going to sign with the Montreal Alouettes of, of the Canadian Football League, but I just this says right here that he signed it. He just signed a two-year deal worth one point. No, I'm sorry. Well, no, I'm sorry. Terms undisclosed. A two-year deal with the Eagles. It says what? Sam, after being drafted and cut by the St. Louis Rams, before being cut from the <laughs> Dallas Cowboys practice squad oh. last October, has signed a two-year deal with the Philadelphia Eagles. Eminem, what do you got to say about your boy coming to Philly? You going to get that jersey? retire at Pittsburgh Steeler. He chose them over the Tennessee yeah. Titans because he had thought about reuniting with Dick LeBeau, but he's going to stay in Pittsburgh. And um, I think that's the right move for him to stay there. Uh, yeah. Ray, the Cleveland Browns picked up your favorite fantasy receiver, Dwayne Bowe. Uh, he got he signed a two-year deal, man. What do you think about Dwayne Bowe being uh, going to Cleveland? That going to make a difference? Is he going to break out now and be what he everyone thought he was going to be? 
No, I mean, really, I think that's uh, somewhat of a bad decision, but, you know, that's what guys do. They they make bad decisions. I mean, I don't know whether they're not uh, getting an education in college or what's going on. But if, <laughs> I don't know who the quarterback is. I'm not signing over there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. You, I agree you with that. Okay. Opportunity and oh, he's gonna do so much different than what you did in Kansas City. But you need a quarterback. That's why all these guys, you know, wanting to go to San Francisco and stuff like that. I want to go where a guy can throw the football. You know, where I know the guy is gonna get the ball. So it's um to me, it wasn't a good move, but. You know, hey, he got out of the deal what he wanted. He got millions of dollars from that deal that he never got to finish. But he's so far ahead of the game now, it doesn't matter. Because to me, Dwayne Bowe ain't worth a dollar over $6 million a year. And, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens in Cleveland. Okay. And speaking of Cleveland, you know, they they – they had the quarterback situation last year where they couldn't seem like to settle on anyone. They weren't happy with Brian Hoyer. Uh, my man Manziel just really wasn't getting it done, and now he's in rehab. Uh, so, Buck, if you're Cleveland, do you draft a quarterback in this draft, or do you stick with the – you give Johnny Manziel a chance? Do you give um, – didn't they pick up McCown, I think? Uh do you give him yes, a chance? Yeah. What do you do? What do you do if you're the Browns? Do you take a quarterback if if one is available for you? Well, the thing about the Browns is they got so many. You know, they got so many holes as it is. You know, they they need to kind of upgrade in, in all areas. Um, I don't know if I I don't if I were the Browns, I don't, I would go ahead and take a chance on what you have, um, simply because I mean, look at what they did. You know, just with what they had last year, and I know they don't have Hoyer this year. Um, and Menzel looked like, you know, I know the guy's in rehab, but really and truthfully, they got to give the guy a chance. Um, that's why you drafted him. I mean, you got to give a guy a chance. And if he trying to, if he recognizes he has issues, and he he's trying to get those issues straight during the off season, you know, once he gets in into you know mini camps and things of that nature, let's see what the guy can do. You got to give the guy a chance. I mean, I, you know, he brings a little panache, a little pizzazz, to, you know, to the quarterback position. Um, you know, while he's doing rehab, hopefully he's doing something else too, which is studying his playbook. So therefore, you know, and maybe work on his mechanics once you get get him to minicamp, and then between minicamp and and uh, you know training camp, you know, keep working on your, you know, keep working on your fundamentals and things of that nature, and then. It's not, you know, out of the realm of possibility that Johnny Menzel can be a great quarterback in this league. You know, it's just that he needed to kind of get his off-the-field stuff situated. Now, if he can get his on-the-field stuff, you know, off-the-field stuff done and, you know, get it right and, you know, get his on-the-field stuff correct, Johnny Menzel will be fine. It's just going to be, you know, he's going to have tough sledding because of the division he's in. But, I mean, he, you know, he'll he'll still be able to get it done. So as long as they kind of build around him, if that's who they want a quarterback, I don't think you reach in the draft to go get another one. I think you, I know you got two first round draft picks, but I would try to utilize them and to try to build around this kid. Okay, we'll see what happens and where they go. Yeah, man, um, that's man, kind of man, a dilemma to have. It's, it's man, kind of close. he doesn't seem like he he has it together at all, man. So. Uh, 
We'll see what I mean, direction the they I go. I saw on the field, I mean, he sucked the time he was, wasn't in rehab. So, I mean, shit, I just don't think he got it. I don't know if he does either or not, man. And it doesn't help when everybody wants to take your head off, too. But uh, let's see. Eddie LeBaron has passed away at the age of 85. He was a former quarterback for the Redskins and the Cowboys uh, back in the – when was that? Back in, like, shoot, the 50s? The the late 50s, early 60s? Now, now if he don't have the – if he don't have that – Syndrome thing or whatever, nobody got it. So, <laughs> and uh, well, it didn't say. He said he died of natural causes. You know, eighty-five years old, um, football player and war hero Eddie LeBaron. He played quarterback for Dallas um, before Starbuck got there. Yeah, because quarterback at that time, man, they was getting clotheslined and everything. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, everything was legal. Deacon Jones was coming at you and head slapping and. All right, uh, there was an article that said Tony Romo would have was willing to take a pay cut as as high as five million uh, to keep Demarco Murray on the roster. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of people are speculating that Jerry Jones is clearing cap space for Adrian Peterson. I personally don't know if Jerry Jones. It doesn't make any sense to me to let Demarco go for eight million. And then sign someone three years older for twelve million. I mean, I know he's Adrian Peterson and all, but that don't make any sense Jerry, to me. But see, Jerry trying to sell them jerseys and shit, man. But not to the to to a GM, it don't make sense. To a coach, it don't make sense. You know, even to a fan, it don't make sense. But to a salesman, looking at dollars, well, you know, he made a killing off T.O. jerseys, and he gonna make a killing off Adrian Peterson jerseys. He made a killing off Michael Sam jerseys. And see, Philly could have been making that killing too. <laughs> Philly could have been doing the same yeah. thing, man. Y'all could have hey, 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 we brotherly love, but not that kind of brotherly love. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, man. That's so wrong. Come on now. Right. Yeah, I know you're going to support your boy if he come out there now. I know. Oh, you know, no, nah, man. He's going to have to. I, I, I mean, I, if, I, he, if he came to Pittsburgh, you know, I don't give a damn – what his damn sexual orientation is? As long as he's sucking the quarterback, I don't give a shit. Well, that's so, the thing. I mean, he can't. He can't. He can't play, man. He's just gonna be some shit on the team, being the distraction. Man, that dude ain't yeah. no football player. <laughs> well, the thing is, I think the teams that. I mean, I don't. I don't doubt the boy can play, but at the same time, I mean, he sucked, Buck. He sucked. He sucked at the combine. He sucked in St. Louis. He sucked in Dallas. That's why he's not getting cut because he, 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 he can't play. He sucked. And, and he sucked at home. So, I guess. I guess <laughs> okay. Jolly. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, hey but I, 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 I say this. I think oh. I'm saying he's good enough to oh. be on somebody's rock. Now, he's not a workout warrior. He don't look good not at working all. out. I mean, I've watched the veterans come by. Man, I could have ran better than that. But at the same time, you know, he probably wasn't working out. He probably was just, you know, walking around, being on TV shows, dancing with the stars and all that bullshit there. But as far as what I saw on the field coming from Missouri, being a defensive player of the year, and he had three sacks in the preseason, that guy could play on somebody's football team. Now, That's I what I'm think saying. it has more to do with him 
being gay actually than him being getting the shot. He's yeah. he's not one for distraction. It's kind of like with the Tebow situation. Tebow is good enough to be on somebody's team, but the problem is they don't want the distraction because exactly. he's not good enough to warn all the the uh, attention that he's getting. But hey, I tell you what, we need a defensive end. I wouldn't take him on my squad. He would come out there. But, you know, see what he can do. You get the quarterback three times during the preseason. I don't care if you play a second team or not. You can get some sacks in there somewhere. So, I mean, I take him. I just wish he would stop all the nonsense about, you know, trying to talk about the story and just play ball. Yeah, and work out. Instead of dancing with the stars, you need to be in the gym, bench pressing like a punter and running a 5-1. I mean, he, he – I mean, I, there's no doubt that he performed well in Missouri, all right? And the SEC is still the SEC, so I, you can't take that away from him. And that alone is worth giving him a shot. But he really needs to just focus on football right now and leave the talk show circuit alone, in my personal opinion. I mean, it's not like, uh, what was my man in the NBA, Jamie Collins? What was his name? That was yeah, the yeah. NBA that came out. Jason I mean. Collins. He was yeah, Jason Collins. He was at Jason Collins. He was at the end of his career, and he was a no. He was a nobody as far as you know being a star. So I mean, the talk show circuit was what he needed, you know, to make money, and he made some money, and you know that's his deal. So, but Michael Sam could have actually been, and can still possibly be a star football player if he puts in the work. And I'm just not seeing that he looks like he's interested in playing. To be honest with you. Yeah, he, he looking right. for a cheap cheap million, man. Book deal, that type of shit. He one of them kind of cats. Yeah, so Well, right. I mean the, I, I believe he can play, but he just gonna have, he's gonna have to make a choice. And that choice, you know, if you you know, you gotta study your craft and you know, you go into these veteran combines and types of things and you know, you know what you got to not every single football player is gonna, you know, do these drills at lightning speed. But, you know, you got to show football intuitiveness and and IQ and you, you go back and do your study of craft and then come back out there you be all right, man. you know. And then when you look man, at um when that you look man ain't think my number uh, truffle. Oh man. Oh think man. about that boot. Look, y'all need to quit, man. I'm changing the subject. I ain't got no time for this. Ain't nobody got time for that. All right. Nate Washington, formerly of the um, Nash, uh, the Tennessee Titans, has signed with the Houston Texans. So uh, after six years in Nashville, Nate Washington will join DeAndre Hopkins uh, down there in Houston. All right. Now, uh, they said there are seven potential records. That was This is on NFL.com. There were seven potential records that can come down, single-season records, that they that can come down this year, all right. And I'm going to run it by you all and get your opinion, all right. And the first one I'll start with you, Ray, is Michael Strahan's 22 and a half sack record from 2001. They have JJ Watt predicted to beat the sack record. Will that happen this year? Yes or no? Oh, uh, if he stays healthy, it's very possible. I mean, it's hard to say because the record. It's very difficult to break. I mean, uh, Justin Houston came close this this season, and I mean, JJ Watt does so many things well that you know 
he may get close. Uh, he may break it. It all depends on, you know, if Javion Clowney is healthy to take some pressure off of them focusing so much on him. Yeah. You know, it, it's very possible it could happen. Like I said, I watched football a long time. J.J. Watt is the best I ever seen. And um, they, he's possible. They say they, they can. you could expect someone like him to get 25 sacks in a season, and I can see that happening. And uh, Eminem, Peyton Manning's 5,477 passing yards from 2013, they have a prediction that Andrew Luck is going to break it. You think that's going to happen? This year, I can see that. I, I can definitely see that with T.Y. Hilton uh, uh, being complimented with Andre Johnson. And for the first time in Indy in years, uh, uh, a, a Pro Bowl caliber running back, even though Frank Gore is you know, definitely not at his peak no more, but it's an upgrade from what Andrew Luck done had since he's been in the NFL. So that's that's why I think that can be done. You know, okay. I, I'm well, not you know, gonna say it will be done, but I know I, I really think that if, if 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 it can be done with Andrew Luck, this would be definitely the year because he's never had the type of uh, running back since he's been in the NFL that he's gonna get with Frank Gore. Well, last year he only had uh, through nine games last year. I'm gonna say he was on pace to break the record, but then my Bradshaw got hurt. Reggie Wayne towards triceps and the offensive line forgot mm-hmm. to block. Uh, but he has T.Y. Hilton. Um, Andre Johnson's there now. Dante Moncrief had a good rookie year. Uh, and he has Frank Gore, so it's a possibility. But Peyton Manning's 55 touchdowns from 2013, they have Aaron Rodgers breaking that. Is Aaron Rodgers going to throw for 56 touchdowns? It's a possibility, but I don't see that happening. Um, Green Bay got a, you know, they have an awesome squad. Most of the players, you know, they they pretty much stay. So he's got a good supporting cast. But it's really going to be kind of hard to get to 56 touchdowns. Uh, I mean, I think he normally averages about three or four a game um, most of the time. But um, I, I just don't see him making 56. I, you know, I think. Aaron Rodgers will probably be somewhere around the forty to forty-five range. Not, I don't think he's going to get near fifty. So, okay. Um, I mean, if, if there was anybody that could do it, it probably would be Aaron Rodgers. But um, I don't see Aaron Rodgers getting that many. I, I mean, I just don't see it. Okay. And Ray, Calvin Johnson's one thousand nine hundred and sixty-four receiving yards being broken by Odell Beckham of the Giants. Uh, no. Uh, that's a tough question. But um, now pro now his I'm, his numbers last year, if you prorated over sixteen games, he would have had twenty one hundred yards. Yeah, that's so. Eli Manning is gonna be in the contract year, so we know he's gonna throw some balls to the other team, but he's gonna have to throw some <laughs> to his own team. So I would say um. It, it, it's 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 possible, you know. Odell Beckham had a heck of a um, rookie year, and they just, you know, yards is how he did it. So it's it's very possible. But will he lead the league in receiving yards? I don't know. That remains to be seen. I mean, it's possible that um, 
if Dallas get Adrian Peterson, they can have a 2,000-yard rusher and a 2,000-yard receiver down there. So we'll see what happens. Okay. Uh, hey, Q, and I think Victor Cruz can get it. 2,000? I don't think – I don't know. Well, that's the thing. I think because they're both on the same team. Odell think... Beckham came on so strong that, you know, Victor Cruz was the threat. But, but Odell Beckham came on so strong – now, if you play Victor Cruz week, man, he 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 gonna capitalize off that. I think that yeah, and he can, but that's why I, Victor Cruz is the reason why I don't think he can get it because I don't think there's unless they're throwing every down. I just can't see a two thousand yard receiver and then Victor Cruz having like fifteen hundred yards, you know. So I think it's gonna be one or the other. But Emin, uh but Marvin Harrison, one hundred and forty three receptions in two thousand two. Can your boy Antonio Brown break that record? He had 129 last year. Yeah, I think he can. I mean, you got to think it, it really depends on health, though. You know, I think this year, I mean, he he for some unknown reason, this guy he could he's elevating his game each year, and I mean to have this many receptions, I mean he's got a streak right now. I think it's like what 27, 28 games or something like that. Where he's 33. Got five or more catches. 33. So I mean, good gracious. I mean, this this guy, he knows how to play the game, and he can be hard to stop. I mean, you can double cover him. You can single cover him one-on-one. He gets it done. And right now, you know, just because he's a still, just because he's a still player, he's the best damn receiver in the league right now, period. And, I mean, for what he does and his size, he plays bigger than 5'10", so I think he can do it. Okay. All he needs is one more catch per game than he had last year. And he can bypass Harrison at 144. And Ray, Randy Moss, 23 receiving touchdowns in 2007. Des Bryant. Uh, well, being that he's a major target down in Dallas, it is possible, you know, and definitely if they were to add another piece like Peterson or something, it would definitely be possible. But um, you know he's he Dez kind of gets his touchdowns the way Ladamian Thompson used to get his, and Emmitt Smith when he get around the goal line, he start grabbing his helmet and bucking his eyes at his coach and his quarterback <laughs> like y'all better give me a ball, and you know somehow they end up with he ends up with the ball. I mean, I really don't care for them kind of touchdowns, but if you're playing on your team, you're taking any way you can get it. To yeah. me, I like to see a guy do something for a touchdown. Not, you know, every time he get on the goal line, there he goes. So. Well, he got quite a few that he broke tackles and took off a touchdown, so he does it both ways. Oh, yeah, yeah, he does it both ways. I That's think without DeMarco, yeah, I gonna say without DeMarco Murray being there, um, and Jason Witten getting older, I wonder if they're going to focus on him more, you know, in the red zone. So, I don't know if he can get 23, though. I, I, I give him, you know, 16 or 17, but I don't know about 23. That's a lot. So. Yeah. All right, Eminem, last one. And this is based, if Adrian Peterson goes to Dallas, Eric Dickerson's 2,105 rushing yards from 1984. No. AP is phenomenal, but I, I don't see his. I don't. I, I I think his best day is gone. You know. Now his 
his average day is going to be better than most people's. You know, it's still going to be, you know, 1,500, 1,600 yards. So it ain't, ain't slow, but uh, I don't I don't see 2,100 yards. Nah, hell nah. Okay. 2,100 yards. I mean, I know dude going to have some fresh legs and a chip on his shoulder. But I would be happy, you know, regardless of who the Cowboys running back is, I'd be happy with 1,500 yards. Regardless of who gets it, uh, so I but, tell uh, y'all what: if they get him four hundred carries and he down there behind that offensive line, he gonna show. He gonna and he can stay healthy. He gonna show everybody something. Cause I mean, don't get me wrong, Emma Smith had great vision and everything else, but man, I watched the wall of Dallas the other day, and goodness gracious. It's just like you remember it. Emma Smith hit had five yards for anybody to touch him. You know what I mean? It's just it was just crazy. So Adrian Peterson get in there a hole where he can get yards like like uh Murray did last year before anybody touched him. Oh yeah, he gonna bust it wide open. That's why I hope like hell he don't go to Dallas. <laughs> And yeah, I don't. I hope he doesn't go to Dallas unless he takes a serious pay cut. I, I just don't want to pay him that money. But I mean, what's what happens? I just think they just need to draft a what? running back. And and I, I understand what, this, that. What would, be, what would be wrong with now from your standpoint? What would be wrong with paying Adrian Peterson his thirteen or fifteen million dollars this year, next year, and the year after? What, what's the problem with that? Um, I don't like it because one, it basically handcuffs you with many other moves. Uh, so if someone gets hurt, you kind of just have to just deal with it or do some serious restructuring. And two, okay. I would have rather have kept Demarco Murray cheaper and just had the money. You know, if I had a no. choice, I, I would have rather kept Demarco at eight million and had extra uh, extra four or five million to spend than to spend it. It's not to say that Adrian wouldn't perform. I just, if I had a choice between the two, I'm going to go younger. Because I okay, think DeMarco well, Murray is, is a pretty good running back. But, but when you go with one of the greatest of all time, and Adrian Peterson is definitely top three. To me, Barry Sanders is the greatest, but that's just my opinion. But the thing is, is I don't understand if you're Dallas. Y'all ain't done shit, and I mean, since you was in high school almost. Now you come in and you say, well, DeMarco Murray is running the ball. You guys discovered the running game. Dallas finally looked like a football team behind all that hype and the star and America's team and everything else. You guys finally did something. And then you guys going to give the running game away. Over a few million dollars. See, to me, I don't buy into. See, when they say devalued, they don't mean not important. They mean that we can find somebody else and plug somebody else in. But if I got a guy that you can argue is the best football player on the team, I can't get mad at paying this guy $12 million when I'm paying my quarterback 20 You understand what I'm talking about? So, to me, if you bring in Adrian Peterson, which is an upgrade from DeMarco Murray, I don't yeah. think he's the lead or not. You gotta you gotta take that if you guys won something drastically more with that running game. I don't worry about no draft picks, I don't worry about nothing. I'm worried about getting Adrian Peterson there. 
I mean, and they'll be uh, worth everything else. Jerry Jones is a gambler. You would definitely be putting all your eggs in one basket because, one, you have to think that Adrian hasn't lost a step after sitting out for a year. I mean, yeah, that's a year about getting hit, but, you know, he, he is 30. So you have to wonder if he's lost a step. And then, because you would be handicapped by the salary cap, like I said, that's put, that's definitely putting all your eggs in one basket. It's, it's, it's boom or bust. If he stays healthy, and you know, and no one else gets hurt to where you have to re-sign somebody, then yeah, you're the front runner for sure. But if something goes wrong, if he's not, he doesn't perform, if Dez Bryant gets hurt or somebody, or not even Dez Bryant, if, if somebody on defense gets hurt and you can't even replace them because you got to get some minimum wage player, then, I mean, you might be looking at the difference between 12 wins and 6 wins. So it's a gamble if they do it. Hey, hey you, you know, for a second, got. man, I thought uh, when they got rid of DeMarco Murray, when I was looking at, the you know, some of the salary situation, before Romo started making some cuts, um, I kind of thought that they might take a, take a crack at Ray Rice, man. Because with that line and his ability from a couple of years ago, shit, man, that little motherfucker might can get 1,600 yards. But, you know, I don't know, though. I know, man, be, you know, the PR part would be messed up, but. Yeah. No. The PR part, he it can't be any. Care about the PR part. Yeah, because he signed Dre and Hardy. He's going to bring in Hardy, and he's he willing to bring in Peterson. But what kills Ray Rice is. He didn't do shit the year before he got into that. Area. Right, right. That's three point right. one yards of carry. That's what's killing him. Had he been a pro bowler and this and that, he would get another shot. But now, you know, running back he, everywhere, guys coming out of college, free agent. You know, he can get another shot. He just um, he just has to come at a at a bargain price. You know, I don't think he's gonna. He's definitely not gonna make what he was making when he got cut. Oh, no, of uh, course not. You know, they had a guy. But he's a veteran. you got to pay him a million and some change. You don't yeah. have to pay a four-round pick that kind of money. I mean, that's true. But, uh, man, I heard some dude on uh, on the ticket, I think, out of out of, the, out of Dallas. I think I was looking for the ticket. And they were talking about Ray Rice, and he said that Ray Rice is washed up. He said if, if Ray Rice hit the hole like he hit his wife, that he would be a good running back. I was like, oh, man, that is so Damn. Good. Man, they were they dogging Ray Rice, man. I mean, yeah, they do. We signed but, him up uh, for boxing. We know he got a little hook. Mm-mm. Well, I don't know. We'll see what happens in Dallas. If they got $13 million to play with, but they do have to sign their draft picks. Um, could someone else restructure and give more money for Adrian Peterson? Personally, I think Adrian Peterson needs to take a pay cut. Uh if he wants to play in, well, I ain't gonna say he needs to. If he wants to play in Dallas, I think he needs to take a pay cut. So now, so, if he, so what's the deal with the Vikings, man? Why did he not want to stay in Minnesota if they want him? Because they backdoor him essentially. They, I'm a, I'm they a, uh, go ahead, Ray. I can tell you what the deal with that is. See, the thing is, Adrian Peterson is just using that as leverage because they own thirteen million this year, fifteen million the next year, and seventeen million after that. The Vikings are saying, ah, we want you, but, ah, you know, not at that price. Now he knows that they want him to take a pay cut. He's saying, no, I signed a contract. I'm the best running back in the game. Y'all going to have to pay me. So what I'm going to do in exchange is say, I don't believe I feel comfortable in Minnesota. You guys trade me. So now I'm calling your bluff. 
because I know if you release me, somebody else going to sign me just like that, and you don't want me to walk for nothing, so therefore you're going to be eager to get a trade done than to release me. If I get traded, that means I still got my contract. You understand what I'm saying? Anything you don't want to play in Minnesota, he's using that oh, okay. as leverage. Yeah. Well, yeah, and now he was, yeah, he's kind of like, and I agree with Ray, he's kind of like using like, um, well, since y'all didn't have my back and y'all wanted to quick to get rid of me, you know, that's that's the angle he's taking. But I, I do agree with Ray, he's trying to maintain some leverage and uh, see what he can get out of it. So, And in the process, if he makes them pay for not having his back, then it's probably a win-win for him. But if he does leave the Vikings, it's not a situation where the Vikings are going to cut him. I don't see that happening. It's going to be a situation where Dallas would have to not only use cap money to sign him, they have to trade something too. So you're talking about a trade and spending cap money. And like I said, that's putting all your eggs in one basket for sure. But um, I don't know. Jerry Jones is a gambler. That's why he has a billion dollars and I don't. We'll see, you know, what exactly he does and what he's working towards. Everyone thinks that he's angling towards to trying to to sign Adrian Peterson. But all right, I got um, let's see, uh, three birthdays here, and some who am I's. And the first one, I am a six foot four, one hundred and eighty five pound wide receiver that turns forty eight years old today out of Ole Miss. Drafted by the Detroit Lions in the eighth round in 1990. I wore number 86. I also played with Tampa Bay, Carolina, and Denver. Who am I? So tell Herman me. Moore? Nope. Uh, you, say, you say Ole Miss? Yep. Oh, damn. This is a tough one. Receiver, too, right? Receiver. Receiver, yeah. six foot four, hundred and eighty six pounds. Hundred and eighty five pounds. Damn, he didn't weigh nothing. I'm trying to think of who. Brent uh Pyramid? Nope. Good guess. I didn't think y'all would get this one. I'm gonna go ahead and give it to you. It's a tough one. He played for um he played for eight years. Like I said, three years with Detroit, two in Carolina, two in Denver, and one with Tampa Bay. Do you all remember out of Ole Miss, Willie Green? Oh, yeah. Wow. I remember the game, yeah. yeah I, I still don't remember. <laughs> His best season was uh, with Carolina in 1995. He had 47, yard, 47 receptions, 882 yards, six touchdowns. Had a pretty good rookie year, 592 yards and seven touchdowns his rookie year. All right. Second one, I am a six-foot-tall, 248-pound linebacker um, who turned 24 years old today. Okay, this don't look right. I don't think this is the, Well, anyway, I'm going to go him anyway. He turned 24 years old out of Wisconsin, drafted in the third round of the 2014 draft. Okay. Yep, Mr. Yeah. I retired, Chris Borland. Got that fast. I was stumbling over stuff. <laughs> All right. Had 84 Damn, tackles right. and only started eight games. Okay. Last one. I am a six foot four, two 245-pound linebacker 
that turns 48 years old out of Boston College. Drafted by the San Francisco 49ers in the third round in 1988. Oh, man. Uh, oh, um, oh, uh, yeah, right. Um, damn, uh, I can't call his name. The white boy. Played with uh, six yeah, years uh, with Denver, six years with the 49ers, right. uh, two with, uh, with Philly. Del Rio. Nope. Uh-uh, no, uh-uh. He's called me. Damn, he went uh, on all the steroids and shit. Uh, yeah. Damn. He spit in J.J. Stokes' face. Right. Yeah, uh, that's what I'm saying. Uh, oh, yeah. I know. Oh, fuck. Well, I can't think of that fool name. I'm looking I at his face, man. I can't call his name. Can't believe y'all forgot Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. Bill Romanowski. William Thomas Romanowski. I wonder y'all going to get that one. Y'all kind of struggling for a minute. I know y'all can yeah. picture no, his face and we, everything. We know who he was. He just yeah, well, we know who he was. Right yeah. Now. When you said Boston College, they did. I already knew. Yeah, that fuck that did that shit. So, yeah, I bet J.J. Stokes still get punked for that. Yep. So, there ain't no way I could have stood punk. there, man. I, I understand you don't want to take one for you don't want to get kicked out of a game, but you at least grab the man by the face mask, or at least act like right. you're mad or something. Right, right. Act, act like you got some, some, some. Right. Don't just point at the point at him and like, ooh, did you see that ref? Uh-uh. Right. But you know what? You know that kind of defined JJ Stokes' career because his ass punked out when he got spit in his face. He wasn't shit after that. He really wasn't nothing before that. Be honest with you, but. Right, he played uh, better. He played with more, more panache when he, before, but once he got spit in his face, that motherfucker went straight down here like a bitch. All right. Let's see. James, <laughs> James Harden scored 50, scored 51 tonight against uh, the Kings. Uh, did you all see uh, Seth Curry and what he did to Chris Powell last night? Oh, yeah. I didn't see it, but I heard about yeah. it on first Man, day. let me tell you. Go to YouTube and just um, and just search for um, Seth Curry or, or Chris Paul ankle breaker. And yeah. man, man, we talked about it all day today. Steph Curry just went baseline and just did this behind the back crossover type move, and he had uh, Chris Paul looking like he was in the Matrix. <laughs> but this is the second time he's got him in like two weeks. Yeah. This was, I think this was worse. Yeah, Chris Paul, oh, yeah, man, he just stays gone anyway. As a, yeah. you know, as a elite type of athlete, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I think Kerr has definitely surpassed him. Yeah. Chris Paul, in my opinion, never cared enough about basketball. He's like Jason Kidd, you know. Talking about his family and all this other shit, you know what I'm saying? That that's important. Don't get me wrong, but at the same time, this is how you make your money. You know, that's why yeah. he talking about well, he may play two more years. And he wants to see his kids grow up and all that. Man, anybody know particularly if you're black, you know, if your daddy was working and all that shit, you may they may come to two games a year. You know the feeling of that shit, so. Why you want to change it now because you didn't make money? In a sense, you ain't gave the team nothing back because you ain't given no rings. Only thing you did was play good ball for them, and they paid you a lot of money. 
Yeah. That's why I say, you know, they keep pulling on Doc Rivers and big out there. I ain't seen nothing the Clippers doing <laughs> that's changing anything. Old Doc come in, going to do this. Old Chris Paul come in, he's going to do this. Y'all got the best defensive center. Y'all got the most rebounding center. Y'all got Blake Griffin. You got Chris Paul. Y'all got a three-point shooter, J.J. Reddick, and Doc Rivers. Y'all make him out to be the best coach to ever come along. So what's the problem? He ain't doing no more than the game than Negro. Not to take us off topic, but I just had to get that in there. Hmm. Well, um, yeah, I can't disagree with any of that, man. And, uh, I mean, we'll see because it's like put up a shut up for them on this because I, yeah. I mean, I don't see them doing anything with Golden State if they happen to meet them. I don't know if they'll even meet them in, um, in the playoffs or not. But as far as the NBA playoffs go, man, you know, it's kind of shaping up now. And only like, what, seven games left for a lot of teams. And it's a tight race in the East for the under 500 club. You got Miami and Brooklyn tied in the last spot with Boston a half game out and Charlotte two and a half games out. Um, and Indiana's three games out, but I'm not going to really talk about Indiana. Do you all think that um, Boston or Charlotte can get in and knock off either Miami or Brooklyn? No. Uh, I don't really see it. I don't so, I, I'm surprised Boston is doing as well as they are, to be honest with you. Charlotte kind of caught on a little late. Um, I mean, but in the last 10 games, they're three and seven, so they kind of hurt themselves. Now, Brooklyn right now is on a five-game winning streak, and they're looking pretty good going and holding on to that last spot. Um, I mean, right now you'd be looking at Brooklyn and Atlanta, which I think Atlanta will run over them. Cleveland and Miami, everybody be interested in that because LeBron be returning to Miami. Uh, Toronto and Milwaukee might be halfway decent. Chicago and Washington, that'd be really interesting. Because uh, I think Washington is pretty good, and that could be a nice little matchup. But out west, uh, let's see, you have six teams that have already clinched. Uh, Dallas is on the verge of clinching. Oklahoma City has three-game lead right now. Well, if you include the one in the loss column, they have a four-game lead over the Pelicans, who's winning tonight. I don't think the Pelicans are going to get in. Um being that they're like four games behind Oklahoma City, I think they missed their opportunities over the last couple of weeks to close the gap. And uh, they're going to be some over 500 teams in the West that don't get in, while two under 500 teams in the East would get in. But right now it would be Oklahoma at Golden State, and I think Golden State will win that easily um, with the injuries Oklahoma City has. Dallas and Memphis ought to be pretty good, even though I'd rather see Dallas and Golden State in the first round. Uh, San Antonio and Houston. Anybody think San Antonio can beat Houston? Because every time I write San Antonio off, man, they win championship. Man, oh, San Antonio is yeah. a whole different team in the playoffs. I mean, they 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 like dormant, but once they get in the playoffs, they turn to a whole different team. I mean, I went better against San San, San Antonio. All I don't think I would either. Because they don't made a believer out of me. I used to doubt it because I yeah, hated they it. made a fool out of me. Yeah, basic style basketball, but that shit worked. <laughs> so, uh, what about um, Ray? The Clippers having to play Portland. Um, that's a pretty nice little matchup. I mean, I don't think the Clippers could sleep on Portland at all. Oh no, nah. Portland would be the highest seed, wouldn't it? 
Yeah, I think they would be. So yeah, I mean, so they should be the favorites. I yeah, mean, the Clippers have more uh, in the win column, but percentage wise, Portland has a better winning record. And you know what it is, like I said, with with, with uh, the Clippers, they just don't care enough about winning. And Doc Rivers supposed to be this, supposed to be that. I just never seen it. I'm not saying that he's not a, a good coach, but they talking about he was Popovich or he was uh, Phil Jackson. Somebody gonna come in and just change the game. He ain't got no more wins since he's been there last year. They blamed it on Sterling. All he had the dog fees. Oh, we don't want to play for him, but you took the check. I tell you one thing. If I was rich as shit like one of these jokers got seventy, eighty million dollars in the bank, I'd leave the money on the table. But they ain't gonna leave the money on the table because they it's all about the money in the first place. But they cowered they backed out like a bunch of cowards and said, Oh, well, we didn't want to play our heart went in it. Well your heart could be fully invested in it this year, but y'all still go pull y'all pants down and get y'all ass kicked. Just like you did last year. <laughs> man, man, I would love to see what the Clippers would look like with Carmelo. That would be some interesting shit. I don't know. I think they'd be worse with Carmelo, man. I'm starting to wonder if Carmelo can play with anybody. I really don't know if he can play with anybody the way he is. But uh, let's see. What else we got? Chris Paul had 41 points tonight. I guess he had to try to make up for what he did. They beat Portland. So with that win over Portland, um, that means that Portland, wow, that means Portland's going to drop from a four seed to a six because San Antonio now has um, a better winning percentage, if I'm not mistaken. That's pretty interesting right there. That changes things. It changes the matchups. That means San Antonio and the Clippers. Now, I know the Clippers don't want none of San Antonio. Hell no. So... All right, uh, Dallas was able to hold off Oklahoma City tonight, and I hope I'm not ruining anything for anybody who may have recorded something. Uh, you have to stop me if you are, if I am. Uh, Monte Ellis had 26 points, and Russell Westbrook had 31 points, 11 rebounds, and 11 assists. His tenth career, his tenth triple double of the season. Eight since the All Star break. That dude's been killing it, man. That dude's been killing it. Uh, all right, fellas, you got anything before we wrap it up? Hey, chill as always. I mean, there's a lot of stuff well, going on. We're lot 31 of, days away. Yeah. From the draft. Draft is draft. We signed uh, Mayweather Pacquiao. Oh, oh yeah, that yeah. ain't too far. Oh. Um, still signed uh, Haywood Bay to a one-year contract and, uh, and gathers uh, to a one-year contract. From the uh, defensive lineman. Uh, Bengals and somebody, I think Red. That's Jumpy's son, ain't it? Uh, Y'all remember Jumpy Gattis, Yeah. So, I just, you know, I think that, uh, you know, this it's going to be interesting to see what goes on these next few weeks because, you know, whether Peterson gets, you know, picked up by the Cowboys and, you know, how he's going to manage to, you know, be able to pay the rest of the players. So that's going to be interesting to see because that's going to be – that's must-see TV right there. So we'll see what happens. Well, yeah. well what, I, what I like to say, man, uh, uh, I was watching uh, – I can't remember what it was on NFL Network, but anyway, it was uh, 
Steve Mariucci uh, kind of like one-on-one with Jameis Winston, man, and shit, man, that boy, oh, man, yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that boy looked good, man. I'm talking about he looked good. So I know they talking about all this shit about the cafeteria and this this shit with this girl and all that. But on the football field, I mean, like I say, you know, people don't like to give a lot of black quarterbacks credit for doing anything but just running and shit. But this boy got some mechanics out this world. Now, will it translate on the field? I hope it will. But just from looking at it, I mean, he looks good. All right, we'll oh, see. But this right. is what I always say. What, what did he do? The boy didn't do anything. You know, taking an extra refill of soda, we're going to report you because you James Winston. Oh, you yelled at him, Cindy. Yeah, that's immaturity. But what did he do? He didn't take drugs. The boy got a 4.0 GPA. You know, he's a very smart kid. What did he do? You know, I, I, think, yeah, but I, I agree. I think the only <laughs> thing I, that he may have done was just, you know, not realize that how people were going to hate on him. I think he should have maybe realized that whatever he does, people are going to criticize and maybe he could have avoided some things like the crab legs or something. But I mean, I don't think he's a bad, I don't think he's a bad kid. I I like the way, uh, I think that was Charles Davis had said on uh, one of the, one of the shows. He was just like, you know, in a nutshell, like this boy looks good. It's just like, it's like they searching for something to say to try to make him not be the number one pick, but shit, he the best. Like, he the best. Man, uh, um, the yeah, the best quarterback we've seen. Quarterback, right. I don't know if y'all saw um, part of the interruption today or not, but Jason Whitlock might have lost his contract with ESPN today because he said um, Jameis Winston is a great quarterback that Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper are trying to find a reason to, um, to uh, talk him down or, or to say he's a bad quarterback and I mean, he he kind of called out McShay and Kuiper, and he yeah he even called out Mike Mayock. He said Mike Mayock too. They said they just looking for stuff to make him look like a bad guy. Yeah, and, I mean they uh, they, they telling the truth though. So I'm like, yeah, yeah, that might be your last appearance on PTS. Yeah, <laughs> but I mean, no, if, if, you, if you're looking at football mechanics, I don't know what they can say. Man, dude this dude looks play. good. And the thing yeah. about it is, you know, and then he hits the wall for you to get no pussy. And, you know, the girl was over there, and, you know, they said, oh, this happened, that happened. Come on, man, let's be serious. Guys like LeBron James and, and Kobe Bryant, no, he ain't got to rape nobody. He's, he got to hold the hoes off of you. But now you say that, now you sound like you ignorant or you arrogant and this and that. You know how they want to take it. But right. the reality of it is, man, you ain't got to rape nobody. You have holes of your day at one time if you want to, but this is what they want to make it out to be. I got one. I got another story too. I don't know if you guys heard about the kid at Alabama, the defensive yeah. tackle. Yeah, he got Taylor. kicked off the team. Yeah, he got kicked off the team. They didn't even give him a chick, chance. But the chick recanted her story, and the police locked her ass up. Yep. So she locked up right now. Now, what saving them going to say now? I understand y'all got to roll which way the dollar's rolling, but I'm telling you, as men here in America now, it is fucked up. All she got to do is say something. Well, you were accused, and well, you shouldn't have been over there. You get the law and get no pussy. You understand? Or, or whatever the case is. What's messed so, up about it, though, 
at first they were calling for Saban's head, talking about you shouldn't have brought the guy in there in the first place, and you should apologize. I'm like, how are you going to apologize? One, because one, Saban trying to win football games. He could care less a dude that stabbed somebody. But right. Two, <laughs> but two, even if the guy had, you know, I mean, even though he does have some, some history, how come he don't get another chance like everybody else does? Saban, I don't think Saban owes anybody an apology for giving dude. Now, if anything, he owes a player an apology for kicking him off the team because everybody reacted on Twitter instead of giving the guy his due process. And that's the problem that I have. You, I understand people have their opinions and stuff. But people react off of opinions now. So when folks go crazy on Twitter, you got folks that lose their livelihood, lose endorsements, lose whatever it is. This kid lost his scholarship. And now, you know, the girl's in jail and said that nothing happened. And yeah, I mean, I can say they destroyed and that's all you can go by. And there were people on the radio talking about, well, you know, victims will, victims will say that because they have regret or they get scared and Whatever the situation is, the bottom line is she said it didn't happen, and that's what I'm going to go by. And she's in jail, so obviously the cops think that she lied. Right. So now if you're in jail, if you're in jail under your own recognizance, then that means, guess what? You lied and you unlawfully. Yep. And the police uh, believe that you lied. And, exactly. And so if, yeah, if I'm true. if I'm Taylor, I think his last name Taylor or whatever, man, I go straight you know, to Auburn. I go straight yeah, to but, Auburn. <laughs> but you know, what the, you know what the problem is? All the females know now, if I get into an argument, all I got to do is say this, and they going to react like this. All the females know that. I don't give them what state you in. A fight break out or anything, a disagreement. Oh, I'm going to say he threatened to kill me. They're going to take him out of the house, and I'm going to be the one still here. Or oh, yeah. I turn around, oh, it's your baby. Oh, you're going to get served with papers. you got to go to court and try to prove it ain't yours and all this kind of shit. Man, I mean, once again, get no I look at it like this, and I, I know that, you know, I, and, and I'm not going to sit here, and none of us are going to sit here and say that people don't get raped or anything like that. you got some Darren Sharpers in the world who just, just some nutcases or whatever. But I just think that it's, it's so... When you have a reputation, first of all, like this guy does, then you, you basically can't do anything without a witness because it's so easy for someone to get mad at you and say anything. And right. regardless, now this guy is going to be cleared of all charges, but how many people in the world still going to think that he did it? You know, how many people aren't going to see the headline? Because, you know, the headline that say you're innocent and as big as the headline that say you're guilty. So how many people, this guy got to carry this for the rest of his life. Right. And cute to that same point you're making, I've seen that before on the news, man, where something was reported in error. And once the facts come out, even after they recant it, the story is already out there. I mean, you're yeah. already villainized. Yeah, it's too late. Once you get on Twitter, it's over. So now, and everybody, and I just, but I just didn't understand why folks were coming down on Saban. They are like Saban's the first person to ever take somebody who has a, a, a past and let him play. That man gets seven million dollars a year to win football games. If Charles Manson could run a four-two, he'd be at Alabama. Saban don't care about that. They come down on, on any of these coaches that's winning with a whole lot of black boys. 
Right. Whether it be whether it be Calipari or whatever. Now, see, you out there, Chip Kelly, them up there in Oregon. Yeah, they got some because you can't win without some. But when it's all like Alabama, you look from front to back is black like that. Anything you do is going to be a problem. Yeah, I I totally agree. I I totally agree. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm no saving fan, but, but I wouldn't apologize for nothing. But you know what? I if if I was a coach, my resp- my response would be this: until a young man is uh, incarcerated or got some kind of uh, something riding on him in the in the court of law, he's a free man, and and, and just like on your, our jobs or anywhere else, if you're not in jail, you're free. If you're free, you're able to do whatever you want to. Pretty so, much. shit, you know, how you going to kick somebody off the team? It's like, well, hell, man, the police, if it's raped, then why he yeah. ain't in jail? If the police let him go, just like Ray Rice, if the police or the law let him go, why are y'all going after the NFL, not going after the justice system? Exactly. You see what I'm saying? But, once again, one thing they try to do is hit these guys in, that pot, in them pockets because they don't want you having the money in the first place. That's what they're going to have to rewrite them for. Hell, well, nobody say, yeah, why the police lock him and his wife up? Did she have told him to? <laughs> let's, let's figure out what's going on with the justice system. Well, so that's we the thing, though. Ray Rice was guilty before he got to jail. As soon as they hit him, it's over. For, for men to enjoy themselves on, on, on these days of the week that football is on. And you letting the women's movement come in and kill the NFL, and guys don't see nothing wrong with that. They want to. They want to uh, sell those women's jerseys, right? I totally, I totally hate all of it. And again, I, I, don't, I hate the female referees. I hate all that shit because, like I say, well, it's certain. My thing is, I don't have a problem with any female referees or anything as long as they can do the job. I mean, now they got to get criticized but, like everybody yeah. else. But, but, but my reason ain't what y'all think it is now. My my reason ain't what 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 the listeners think it is. It ain't got nothing to do with with sexism. Like a woman don't understand sports or something like that. I just feel that if the woman's a referee, then pretty soon somebody gonna say, "Well, hey, you know, y'all discriminating. You know, one of these dudes need to be a cheerleader." You know, so <laughs> I, I don't know how big Michael Sam's is, six foot four, whatever. I'm just I, saying, I don't, don't want to see that shit. That out of that. I don't know how you pull <laughs> that out of that, Infidel. But, but see, this is the thing. Like, I see a lot of sports reporting now by some of these females, and it's very inaccurate. And to me, I don't like for you to try and study something. You know, like we talk football here because we grew up on football. We played it. We just like Cubs, he remembers, you know, Wilbur Montgomery. He remembers Hal Carmichael. He remembers all these guys. Now, we get one of these ladies up here. They reading out a report, and they trying to read through the stories and then relay it uh, and, and say it out as they read it. They don't have memory of it. They don't have the feeling. They don't have the passion. And a lot of times they report things that are inaccurate. And you overlook it because if you say something about it, we're going to jump all over you in the media. And it's just crazy. And to me, you know, it's no way that you can be 
more qualified than somebody that's been doing it for years and years and years. Don't think, oh, it's a good idea to get a female in here, so we'll do that. Just like uh, Becky Hammond, I got nothing against her. I watched her WNBA and everything else, but there ain't no way she should be an assistant coach. She don't have experience. She don't have knowledge. Women's game is a totally different game. But you say that, now it's a problem. You understand? I'm not and and I can't I can't disagree with that that at all because I do think that a lot of the women first of all if you had women on TV that watch sports and actually know sports they're not going to look like uh, Sage what's her name they're not going to look like um, uh, a Susie Colbert or uh, Rachel um, Nichols they, they they don't look like that nine times out of ten. They're going to look like, and I'm not trying to hate on her when I say that, but say that, but they're going to look like Jamel Hill. They're going to look like the everyday <laughs> girl next door. And I ain't trying to hate on her, man, because I like Jamel Hill. So, I mean, oh, I want people to take it the wrong way. <laughs> but Jamel Hill. It's fucked up, though. Right. What it's you trying to say, dude? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to look like the average girl next door nine times out of ten. There are women that I have worked with who actually know a little something about sports. They don't look like models, all right? These women are on TV. You're on ESPN for usually one or two reasons, right? You're a former athlete or you look good, all right? And you can mix in some some, some rich eyes and the people like that who got the job way back in the day when nobody cared. But, you know, for everybody that's been hired since 2005, it's usually one of the two. And so – Maybe some of these kids growing up now, some of these girls are into sports because they can see women on TV and start from a younger age. But I think a lot of these women kind of got into sports, you know, when they got to high school and college. And they were like, okay, this is an avenue I can take. I'm good at journalism. There aren't a lot of women in sports. Maybe I can be a trailblazer. And it's not to knock them for trying or doing it. And I'm pretty sure that if you had 100 women in sports, I mean, what would what would y'all say as far as, and I know folks are going to say this is being chauvinistic, but I'm just being honest. I would say, what, 20 of them would probably be pretty good out of 100? Uh, I'd say maybe I would 10. Say five. Okay. And so, and, and I mean, like I said, people don't want to hear that. They're not going to like to hear that. And there might be some people upset. And you can feel free to call in next week because we're about to run out of the show. But my thing is the proof is in the pudding. I've seen some horrible reporting from female reporters on ESPN, Fox Sports 1, a lot of those stations. I mean, horrible, to where you wonder what that's they're talking what, about. That, that's what I'm saying. And no disrespect to women, like I say, right. I think Judge Judy is the best at what she does. Um, she can judge a show just as good as a man or even better. Talk show host or something, oh, no problem. I have no issue with that. We talking about sports, and we talking about men's sports. So it's, we have a point, but nobody's going to want to hear that point because they know you're being chauvinistic. Right. But we been, it's kind of like telling a woman about being pregnant and you ain't no damn doctor. You yeah. see what I'm saying? There's only so much you can say about that. Right. And when I think back to, like, you know, Jamel Hill, I listen to her. You know, Michelle Tafoya, I listen to her sideline reporting. Or, or Susie Colbert, she's been around. Um, or something like that. Lisa Salters played basketball. I can listen to her do her reporting. 
But I mean, when they used to have um, that former Oakland Raiders cheerleader, I think on there somebody Rodriguez uh, during Monday Night Football. Come on, uh, come on Lisa Guerrero or something. Lisa Guerrero, I'm sorry, yeah. yeah. And uh, so now I sound racist saying Rodriguez. Lisa Guerrero. <laughs> uh, she, I think she asked Ben Roethlisberger a question one time, and about a teammate being injured, and she was talking about somebody on another team. And so I, just just hypothetically, <laughs> hypothetically, I'm just going to throw a name out there. She was asking, um, well, how do you all think y'all going to do in the second half with, with Marvin Harrison being hurt? And then he looked at her like, are you serious? And then he's like, uh, well, I think that the Colts may struggle a little bit without him. And he answered the question nicely, and then she realized her mistake. But, I mean, that's the type of stuff that was going on because she was only on TV because she looked good. Right. You know? She didn't know anything. You asking this man about his opponent and how you gonna but, play, uh, how you gonna throw to him? Uh, you know what? If I run ran a network, I would uh, have a the, the same interview they give NFL coaches. I would have a watered down version of that for anybody that's trying to be a a reporter or something. You know, of course, you know it would be some asterisk there. If you're a former NFL player, I'm, I'm not. You know, I'm not gonna put you through that because, of course, you know, but. You know, if you the average Joe, man, you got to show some kind of proof or not. But now, right. and know, even I if you're a former loaded. NFL player, you got to be able to convey it. You can't be Emmett Smith and sit up there and say stupid right. stu- stuff. Right, right. You know, but uh, but you know, I, I love to hear like former players. I absolutely love to hear uh, coaches. You know, uh, uh, I like to even hear. Uh, when ESPN sometimes have Bill Polian come on and talk about different stuff, yeah. I like to hear from former, you know, just my different favorite levels person, of it, you know. And has been for a couple of years now is, is Herm Edwards. I love to hear Herm Edwards. Oh, you yeah. Know. So he, my he, favorite he, person. He, Herm, Herm, like, Herm pumps you up, man. Herm pumps right. you up. Right. I mean, I used to like Chris now, don't Carter get me wrong. he said that stuff it, about his mama. Right. Now, Belichick, don't get me wrong. Bill Belichick is a super brain and all this shit, but outside of once he leaves that sideline, I don't know what will be interesting about what that dude's saying, you know, because right. he just don't have that flash about him. But Herm Edwards and uh, kind of like uh, how uh, what's his name? Uh, Jackson off uh, OABC with uh, Woe Nelly Keith and Jackson. all that shit. You know, like Keith Jackson. Keith Jackson. You know what I'm saying? It's like Certain people, man, just bring out that extra, right. you know, uh, John Madden with the slobbering and shit. I'm just saying that uh, uh, John <laughs> Let me jump in because we can getting ready to get cut off. Okay. But I, I definitely feel what you're saying. And, and I think, and, and it's not going to say, it's not to knock women. I just think some of them lack passion. Like listening to Layla Ali a few weeks ago do boxing, I thought she was bored, you know. And I'm like, you you box. Your dad was the, was a great boxer, but you sound bored. I mean, so it's like you got to, you got to. Yeah, you're going to get judged more because you're a woman, but you got to come with it. So, all right, my thanks to the show legends for helping me out on this zone coverage. I appreciate it, fellas. We'll probably get into it again next Tuesday or Wednesday, talk a little more about this Mayweather-Pacquiao fight and Mayweather lifting weights and getting bulkier and what that means. But you've been listening to the Talk to Q radio show. No experts, just opinions. Go to TalkToQ.com, and I'm actually going to beat the buzzer on this one. Peace out. See you next week on Tuesday. Hey, what up, Q? What up, Radio World?